When hinges creak in doorless chambers and strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls, whenever candlelights flicker where the air is deathly still, that is the time when ghosts are present, practicing their terror with ghoulish delight. Consider this dismaying observation. This chamber has no windows and no doors. <laughs> Which offers you this chilling challenge to find a way out. <laughs> of course, there's always my way. And here we go. Gentlemen, we are tonight's entertainment. I told you already, I'm gonna kill you. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. That's not how the force works. Very small man can cast a very large shadow. Once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy. Impressive. Most impressive. You are on the Sith list. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 64 of the Sith list. I'm your host, Raj Dolachahi. And my two co-pilots for this evening's Halloween bash. Because this episode's coming out on Halloween, guys. It is. Yes, it is. Carlos. Boo Arguello. And Les is. More Gonzalez. <laughs> okay. We, I think we got did it. not do the I crunch crunch, it. but we're good. We didn't do crunch crunch, but it's okay. It's Halloween. Yeah, it's all good. Now, we have a awesome show lined up today because we have a fantastic, wonderful podcast host from a fantastic, wonderful show that I just started getting into. I believe there's about 37 or 38 episodes in. It's yep, a podcast. 38. 38. I was right. Yep. Great. That, <laughs> that great voice you're, you're hearing is none other than Miss Kate Sanchez from the podcast called But Why Though. <laughs> How you doing, Kate? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm, uh, I'm pretty hyped. Pretty yes. hyped right now. I, you know what? I'm pretty, I'm pretty hungover and I'm pretty hyped at the same time. <laughs> So this I'm is cool. I, I was feeling really down and out all day because I'm so freaking hungover. Yeah. But <laughs> just, just drink a cup of coffee, mm. sit next to you, fine people. You we go. got Kate on. I feel like I just had a Red Bull <laughs> or, a five or a bump. Or a bump. Yeah. A bump. What was that? What was that? Right. I was like, so long as there's no vodka in that. <laughs> yeah. So, so long as there's no vodka in that. That's right. The worst part about today was I had to move alcohol bottles around oh. and just move oh. them around wanted me to th- – I was trying yeah. to – Yeah. Puke. Oh, you hate the stuff. Yeah. yeah. Nope. Ugh. Nope. Uh, 
All right. So, so Kate, let's, uh, well, let's do the shenanigans real quick and let's get into Kate and let's get into her geekdom and, but why though? And why I love that podcast. She's going to explain to you all, all these cool things, but yes. you can catch us on Twitter at the Sith list, boo at the Sith list, boo less at less is more 78. And Kate, where can they catch you on Twitter? You can find me at Oh My Mithrandir. And if you know what my name is in reference to, I'll like give you a gold star or something. Wow. <laughs> I know exactly what that is. All right. What is it, Les? What is gold. it? Mithrandir is Gandalf. Yes. And what does it mean? Uh, oh, okay. Half oh. a star. Half a star. Half a star. <laughs> no. Um, give, give, give him a second. Give him a second here. Yeah, because I, I think I got this. Oh My Mithrandir. Uh, is that? Oh, darn it. I, I want to take a good guess, but I don't want to take the guess. Take the guess. Take the guess. To hold take the it guess. Off. Sure. I believe in you. They. Oh man, is that where he got called out by? He was acknowledged by someone. Either I think it was um, not Saruman. Ah, no. I'm done. I'm lost. Another glowy character. Oh, a Galadriel. Yep. So that is correct. A little <clears throat> bit of extra stuff. It means Grey Wanderer. Gray Wanderer. Yes. Yep. That's cool. That's very cool. You get a gold star. A full gold I was told. star. I worked my way through it. You did? So yeah. I feel, it feels yeah. even better. That's, that's there we, go. Yep. <laughs> I, we had faith in you, Les. All right. Thanks for giving me the chance and the time. Yeah. <laughs> so let me go on with this. So Instagram, find us on Instagram, The Sith List. Facebook, at The Sith List Podcast. Email, thesithlist at gmail.com. And then you can call us on our Sith List hotline, 707-65-GEEK1. That's 707-654-3351. Leave a message or berate us or leave a, you know, uh, you can sing a song. You can actually text us on that mm -hmm. line too, which is really cool. I think somebody wished me a happy birthday oh, that's on cool. that text Very message cool. because I didn't recognize the number. Yeah, I think. And you can also find our uh, merchandise on Public. We got mugs. We got stickers. We got shirts. We got hoodies. We got onesies. <laughs> really? We got, we got onesies? We got baby onesies. That's awesome. Yeah. It'd oh, be wow. cool if we had adult onesies. Yeah. <laughs> that, oh, that I would, totally, I would rock an adult right. onesie like day day in, day night, to the office, at home, yes. drunk, <laughs> sober, yes. all the time. Exactly. So that would, yeah, we should we should push for that. <laughs> also, also leave some iTunes reviews. They're really important and we really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. and make sure there are good iTunes reviews, like the five star ones. <laughs> only. <laughs> only, please. No, I'm just kidding. You can leave whatever review. But yeah, iTunes reviews are great. And now let's get into Kate's geekdom and but why though and what that is. I'm going to have her explain what the podcast is about. And uh, go ahead, Kate. Let us know what why, but why though is. Yeah. So, uh, but why though is a podcast about all the things in pop culture that people say matter. And then we ask the question, but why though? So you cried at the end of Firefly because you were watching it posthumously, knowing that there was no more. But why though? You've played all 20 plus Lara Croft games, but why though? Mm. So it, we kind of just take a look into everybody's favorite fandoms, including sports. And we talk about how they're relevant in the larger culture, society, and what they've done to kind of push along their genres and stuff like that. Exactly. Awesome. And the, the, what's great about it is I, I came across them. I think I saw you on Twitter and then I clicked on uh, the podcast and then I downloaded the, one of the episodes. And the first one I listened to was uh, The Scream. What, why Scream Matters or Scream Matters, I yep. think it's called. And they broke down Scream to to point where I was like, oh, my God, they're absolutely right. Like I never gave Scream that much credit. Um, but after I listened to your podcast, it did change <laughs> film. It changed horror movies. Um, from, from that point on, 
And the way they, they, they broke it down and what they do, it's just, it's amazing. And I love how you guys do charitable work and bring on different organizations that do great things. You, uh, can you talk about that for a little bit? Yeah. So every month we try, um, we, we're actually trying to get the 501st on because um, they were at oh. our co-host's wedding. So he's working with that. Um, right but on. our main thing is we love pop culture and we want to find the people in the world who are actually using pop culture to do good. And so we've had um, Stack Up, One Up on Cancer, and SideQuest come on. And all of these are gaming charities. Um, Stack Up is, fe- is specifically uh, to support veterans, um, both in and out of the military. Um, and so our main thing is just highlight how pop culture matters in a way that isn't just, okay, we all connect through this. We're all Star Wars fans. We're all, you know, we're all Marvel stands. We're all this, we're all that. It actually matters because it can impact people's lives. Um, so that was something that we wanted to do and something that we want to keep doing. And it's also one of the reasons why we really love going to conventions because we always try to connect with, um, the charity, uh, the charity aisle. Oh, and that's just great. try and get their cards, talk to them, and hopefully get them on for an interview. It's a great idea. It's great work. Me and Les work for a nonprofit organization here in Anaheim, California, so yeah. we know how important it is. We're uh, neck charity. deep. Yeah. We are neck deep. We're that's neck right. deep in So that is, that is nice. awesome that you guys do that. Good for you. Yeah, I actually nice. think that's why uh, it kind of means a lot for me. I worked at a nonprofit here um, when I was finishing up my master's in Austin um, doing diversity and inclusion and stuff like that, and I saw how much like we struggled and how much we really – um, just like getting the word out there because a lot of people just don't know that these nonprofits are out there. Oh, and right, the moment yeah. you tell them, then they're like, oh, okay, I can go look at them now. I can go look at this. I can go do that. Maybe find somebody else like who tangentially works on something. So absolutely. It, it's, yeah. it's a tough, it's a tough, <laughs> tough job. It's tough. Definitely. Yeah. Asking people to help. Um, but it's great work. Yeah, well, it's, great. it's I, truly a labor of love. It is. Like at some point you realize, okay, that's the only, that has to be the only reason I'm doing this. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> they don't pay that much. Right? Like money, yeah, the, the money ain't there, yeah, but money, it's, there's a reason why it's called non-profit. Profit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just feels good to finish your day with a smile. Oh, that's oh, really nice, Les. It does, man. That warms my heart. Yeah, right? I, I know. I've never he, heard he, you talk Les, like this. Les actually has a heart, my God. Yeah, Les, I, you have a heart? I do. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Beating really slow right now. <laughs> yeah, so, <is> mine. <laughs> so, is mine. so, Kate, so let's get into some of your geekdom. What is the stuff that you really love? I'm, I'm staring at your walls, and I, it looks like it could be my office. So this is fantastic. Yeah, tell us what you're into. I'm into pretty much everything, and I know that sounds really broad, uh, but I try to give every fandom at least, like, one solid go before I'm like, uh, not for me, um, but I'm a really big sci-fi and horror buff, so I'm a Whovian brown coat. Um, I would say Jedi, but I'm not totally on the Jedi side. Um, I also, I guess, like, I don't know. I just like things that make me feel things. And I think the fantasy world is probably the largest place for that. So, I mean, I read Tolkien growing up. I read Ray Bradbury. I watched all the Star Wars stuff. I'm played, you know, I'm also a gamer. I'm a Marvel fangirl, like hardcore Marvel. Like, fight. I will, I will, I will, I will, I will defend the MCU to, to the death. Um, against, which I don't against, think I have against to. DC. Against oh, DC. Well, no. Well, well, nobody has to defend themselves against it. Oh. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> okay, okay, we'll get okay. into that a little bit later. <laughs> we'll get into that a little bit later. Because James Gunn came out with something today. He was yeah. pretty well, well, 
I, I mean the DCEU. Yeah, I right, do. Right. I do have very much. I have. I have appreciation for some of DC's characters. Okay. Um. I. I, I will give credit where credits due. Um. Okay. But yeah. I mean, I'm kind of all over the place. I mean. It's great. I, you're like a total kind. package of geekdom. That's amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. you, you're Star Trek. You're not, I'm not really into Star Trek. Less oh, yeah. oh, I love are. Star Trek, Yeah, actually. I try to cover all the geek bases yeah. as much as I can. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate Star Trek. I just never was really into it. Yeah. You know, I respect the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, honestly, like Star Trek, it, it's really weird. I think it is sometimes hard to find somebody who loves Star Trek and Star Wars. Is I think when you actually look at the two things side by side, um, Star Trek tries to make sure every single bit of it is explained both mm-hmm. in universe out in and out right. of universe. Right. Whereas Star Wars is very much like there is a mythology there, but it's not as not that it's not right. well put together. Crap, do not at me. It is well put together, but I'm <laughs> yeah. saying like Star Trek has uh, and a lot of it has to do with Gene Roddenberry. When Gene Roddenberry was writing the series. He was making sure that every little cog had a place and everything mm-hmm. meant something. Right. Um, he didn't have to. He didn't have to retcon anything. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yes. I see what you're I saying. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. No. Um, I see what you're saying. Get yeah, ready for. But, get ready for some tweets and emails. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm gonna get them. But I, I, I love <laughs> the hell out of Star Wars. I love the hell out of Star Trek, and for different reasons. And I think whatever you love, just love it, no matter who sends you hate mail. There That's you go. right. I 100 <laughs> agree with you. That's exactly right. Except for uh, Power Rangers, I can't get on. Power oh, Rangers. come on! Nope, can't do it. Which Power Rangers are we talking well, here? Well, are you I'm, talking about the, the one no, that's no, in see, the Justice League movie, or are you talking about the, the reboot, or are you talking about the originals? Okay, so, <laughs> so what I'm talking about is I, I'm. This is a running joke on on the our, our podcast because I'm a huge Voltron guy. That was my era, right? Voltron's huge for me, and I just okay. find the Power Rangers is a big cheesy ripoff of Voltron and then we've had we've had kids where I where we work yes last, we teach these after school flip it. that flip it and tell me no 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 Power Rangers came way before Voltron Voltron's a big ripoff you of Power Rangers nothing, so it's been this whole thing <laughs> so that's why I have you some know nothing. Power Rangers ah okay that makes sense that's it that yeah other sense. than that Boo's a big fan of Power Rangers yeah that's what I grew up with and I think yeah. less likes Same. Power Rangers no Mighty Morphin Damn right. I, exactly. You know what? I had to sit through. I said this before. I had to babysit my little brother and sit oh, yeah. through right. Mighty Morphin when it first came out. And I couldn't <laughs> stand it. Stand Fuck it? Yeah. But the only way to keep me quiet <laughs> was to sit him there. But when, when they brought out the Green Ranger and all that stuff, I was interested. Ah. Well, you know why? Because they stopped doing supercuts of Super Sentai from Japan with like the acting of the American actors. That's yeah. why it got better with Tommy. Okay. Wow, we're talking Power Rangers on this podcast. Damn right. I, <laughs> um, I will say this, though. As a kid, I got to see a martial arts demonstration from the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and it was amazing. Oh, see, maybe that would have cool. changed my mind. Yeah. Maybe that would have done it. Like, these people are, like, actually really talented. Oh, they are. So, they are. Oh, I know course, they are. Yes. Yeah, they are definitely. They were de- talented. No, no, no. The level of choreography, of, like, fight choreography yeah. in there. For a kid's yeah. show, yeah. Pretty good, yeah. yeah so exactly. I, I kind of... And obviously, they're successful for a reason. You yes. Know, obviously. Yeah. There's layer only have like 30 different iterations of it yeah. for a reason. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We only had yeah. three Voltrons. Mm-hmm. So you <laughs> You're right. So let, let's get into some box office. You guys ready? Always. So it was Halloween. Well, it was Halloween when this is coming out Tuesday, but yes. it was Halloween weekend. And number one was Jigsaw that mm-hmm. made $16.25 million. Number two, Medea Halloween. I think it's called Medea Boo 2. Boo, boo 2, Medea Halloween. Boo 2. So we're going to call you <laughs> Boo 2. Yeah. That made 10 million bucks. And then Geostorm, 
You made five million dollars. She had a butler. My yeah. my money is in that one. The geostorm. You went and saw yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, I did. Okay, great. Did. Explain to us. <laughs> How Please. good or how bad and yes. why this thing is not making money and why is Gerard Butler picking these kind of movies? Go ahead. <laughs> well, he's – and I, I'm going to steal this from Matt and I believe he okay. says it on an episode that's going to be coming out um, okay. actually on Halloween as well. Um, okay. Old people need to make money. Um, so <laughs> that's that's why. Okay. Um, it's true. Very uh, true. Gerard, Gerard Butler has kind of hit peak dad bod at the moment. And uh, it works for him. It works for him. I like it. I like this, like, older, like, not fighty Gerard Butler. Um, I mean, it's not, it's not, a, it's not a great movie. Like, it's an awful movie. Um, but it's a fun movie, and there are explosions. And honestly, we went to go see it because uh, Matt, who is my significant other and the co-host of But Why Though, mm-hmm. he is a huge disaster movie fan. Um, okay. Or as he, whereas he puts it, he's a hipster disaster movie, so he prefers like Metal Tornado, that's like a Netflix exclusive. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> over like the big budget ones. Right, right. Um, ones to kind of know it, you know, take themselves seriously. We went and we saw it together. Um, and I mean, it's a fun movie. I mean, it's a freaking disaster movie. What do you want it to be? Right. Like, and Boo, kinda Boo, like, Boo always says that if it entertains me and there's explosions and I have a good time, then it, it yeah, exactly. You know, if if I go yeah. on there and I'm I'm entertained and I'm I'm smiling after, then yeah, it was, it was worth it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, like the story's really cringy, uh, <laughs> but the explosions are really good. So. <laughs> As long as it, as long as it, you were happy when you mm-hmm. got out, I guess, right? Yeah, I think I think the only thing um, is that there wasn't enough disaster to it. I guess oh. I, I guess I expected more disaster. Okay. Um, or we expected more disaster. Um, but I mean, red box it, get really drunk, watch it, it, you'll have some fun. Okay. <laughs> you hear that, people? Red box it, watch it, have some fun. It's not a bad idea. And pray it never happens. No. Yeah. Really. <laughs> All right. Speaking of uh, we're like these kind of well, these not these kind of movies, but we're, we're horror films. Mm-hmm. And the Chronicle screenwriter Max Landis came out with an idea. Hmm. Let's just get everybody's take on this. I bet you someone's going to really like this. Some is not. People aren't going to like this. But he came out with an idea for a horror film mashup that includes Freddy, Jason, Chucky going against Pinhead, Ooh. and a Cenobite worshiping cult. Huh. Look at Let's so are we talking excited. about just the occult or actual Cenobites? Because if he actually takes some actual Cenobites on his side and not just people who want to be Cenobites, then I think you might have a pretty good fight. Yeah, I, a I, very good fight. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he, he was talking to, uh, to the Writers Panel podcast, and he had this whole pitch, which is kind of, kind of pretty cool. I'm, I'm going to read it to you guys and see what you guys think. Um, according to Max Landis' pitch, the story opens up on a troubled teenage orphan Compared to John Boyega from Attack of the from the Block or Attack the Attack Block, the block yeah. yes, yeah, adopted by a couple who live on a lonely suburban street. Mm-hmm. However, these adults are the parents of Johnny Depp's Glenn Lance from A Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm. Okay, while eating dinner with the Lance family, the orphan becomes violently ill and falls into a coma. Okay, Landis then explained that a dream sequence is how the villains start to come in play. So here's here's the actual pitch. He starts walking up the street. He hears weird music. There are kids running. It's like fall. He's like, what the fuck? What is going on? He literally said, what the fuck? <laughs> and at the house he was in, one house over, there's a little, there was three little girls and they are doing jump rope. He's like, what the fuck? And he hears one, two, Freddy's coming for you. So the streets, Elm Street, 
Freddy stalks the kids, pops out, claws to the face, dead instantly, except he's not. Freddy can't get his claws out of the kid's face, and the kid is like, what the fuck are you? Freddy's like, what is happening? All of a sudden, chains like the movie Hellraiser, like the cube chains go all around Freddy, put him up like he's on his, like he's a scarecrow, and lock him. In the hospital room, what the foster parents have closed off, they're drawn the Hellraiser symbol on the floor under the bed. Oh. The kid's heart rate spikes, and one of the adults goes, we got him. What? Yeah, that's not bad. So it's a revenge so far, it's a revenge story. They found the cube, huh. and they've been able to access that world. Exactly. And then they're using it to find a way to take down Freddy. Exactly. Exactly. That I'm, I'm kind of for that. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm on board. I'm there for yeah. that. I'm on board. I wonder if they're different uh, studios. I wonder if they, like this is a pitch that he just came up with, or is yeah. this something that he's really trying to do? I, I don't know. You may have to add, and actually, that's a pretty badass idea. You might have to add like more of the horror guys. I mean, why not have Michael Myers in there mm-hmm. like and just have, have like a, a super team? Yeah. Like a, a sick raid team. The going Avengers to uh, pinheads universe and yeah, just kicking some ass <laughs> like, either, or getting killed. You know, they're going to get too because the Xenobites are nothing to mess with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty. pretty I, scary I'd be down deal, for but... a giant, a giant horror mashup with that. That'd be cool. Right. I, I saw I this mean, and I was like, people are going to hate on this, but but again, okay. sounds fun. If it doesn't take itself too seriously, I think it'd be kind of cool. I mean, Jason X got made. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it's true. The West Craven's <laughs> new nightmare got made, and I, no, but they did Hellraiser in space. Did they? I don't am I not? Am I wrong? They no, did I, do a Hellraiser. I don't, I don't remember in that, but did space. they? I don't I remember that. Yeah, hmm. they. It's on huh. a space station. I remember Jason in space. There was Jason one, and I think they did Hellraiser in space also. Huh. Huh. So you. I mean, to 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 my credit, I've only seen one and two because it's old Clive Barker, like somewhat stands behind. So I haven't seen anything after that for the Hellraiser series. Mm -hmm. I'm on board though. This sounds awesome. I'd watch it. Uh, He didn't go on to explain. In the article, and this was on Cinema Blend, by the way, he didn't go on to explain in the article where how the other guys come into play. Like, okay. Um, yeah, Chucky and the other characters. I don't know if I want to see Chucky kicking ass with <laughs> against Pinhead. <laughs> I always thought when I was a kid, I always thought Pinhead was the scariest and most freaky one because yeah. those movies were like dark. Mm-hmm. Man. They were weird and dark. And I don't like children or dolls. So if those are in a movie, like like I just like Ed. Like hard, hard, hard. Like I don't ever want to watch this again. Um, Chucky, I can do though because that's gone so extreme. Like I watched Cult of Chucky when that came out, uh, but I rewatched Pet Cemetery as part of Thirty One Days of Horror, and I was like, no, this kid is still creepy. Oh yeah, get that away from me. Um, but I think he'd look really weird next to Pinhead because I think that's Pinhead is a completely saying. different type of evil. Right. That's exactly what I'm saying. We watched Children of the Corn. Well, we put it on in the in the living room while the party was going on last night. Th- those are some freaky kids yeah. too, man. Yeah. Yeah. The reason I don't want kids is because of Stephen King movie adaptations. Mm. Every kid in a Stephen King movie adaptation is just crazy and yeah. scary and no. Up. That's yeah. Not for me. That's <laughs> so you said you did you see it? I have not seen the new one. I have not. <laughs> okay. You might not want to see it then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's some I mean, freaky kids. 
I watched the one. original one. That scared the crap out of me when I was little. Yeah. Um, we just haven't seen the new one because I didn't have the balls to go watch it in the theater by myself. And Matt refused. Matt explicitly said we don't fuck with clowns, <laughs> so we didn't go see it in the theater. And you guys in Austin had a whole clown viewing, yeah, with only clowns. I did not know this, but I'm yeah. happy I didn't know this. <laughs> yeah, it was that. Yeah. It was at a, a theater down there. Uh, the, draft the draft house. The draft yeah, house. The draft house. The draft house. Yes. Yeah, they did a clowns only. Oh God! Yeah, that sounds like my worst nightmare. <laughs> no, it's a, a, lot of, a lot of people. Yeah, I don't think we we had to really beg and pry Boo to go watch it. He's not into horror movies at all. He does not like uh, them. But he likes slasher movies though, right? I like slasher movies. Yeah, but those aren't really scary. Yeah. It's just you know some guy like freaky horror movies. You're not into. No, them. no. Yeah, so he so that was rough. Yeah, but he got through it. Yeah, he got through it. He's going to therapy now, but it's okay. Yeah. Unless <laughs> uh, you want to come in with some info, I think. Uh, yes, Hellraiser Bloodline <laughs> was, was in, space? in a space station. Takes wow. place what? in the 22nd century. Far from Earth, but frighteningly close to hell. <laughs> a new dimension in terror. Nowhere to run, no escape. Has a very familiar face. I am forever. 500 years ago, a mystical box was created. The key that unlocked the door to absolute evil. Oh my god. From one generation to the next, the descendants of its creator have been cursed. Kill them all. Now, the evil must be stopped to close the gates of hell forever. Welcome to oblivion. Hellraiser Bloodline. <laughs> Look at I feel that. like I have to watch this now. Came out in 1996. Thank you, IMDb. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to watch this. The cube so was in days. space. Yes, so it happened. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Dang. Okay. <laughs> All right. We want your review when you watch it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so what's your okay, what's your favorite horror movie? Oh, don't ask me that question. Is it like it's Come too hard? Now. What's your top it's, like three? Oh, yeah. So I, I'm I'm gonna like dodge this question so hard just because uh, subgenres of horror cannot mm. be judged against each other. Okay, okay. Um, like if you take a slasher, can't be judged against a paranormal, and those can't be judged against a containment horror, which is like a home invasion type stuff. Okay, so let me rephrase the question here then. Yeah. Because you're right. You're 100% right. What is a movie? If you're having a Halloween party and you want a freaky movie to be played just in the living room with the sound off, what would be that movie? Oh, Sinister. What you are witnessing are the murders of five families captured on film. To this day, none of the cases have been solved. The only thing that connects them is the appearance of this figure. We are going to love it here. Welcome to your new home, Ashley. Tell your family not to be afraid. Who's Stephanie? She used to live here. We are here to play with you. Have you seen our friend? He's seen you. Sinister. Rated R. Sinister. Huh. Oh, that's, okay. yep. oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's a good one. That, that might actually freak people out. The party movie yeah. Yeah, yeah. down a Good bit. Dude, That's not a party is. at that point. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, so, like, I also answer that because that is on my list of I'm too afraid to watch by myself. Because okay. uh, I have watched that movie twice and it has scared the crap out of me. And I can't tell you why because I 
I mean, I'm you would think I'm desensitized to horror, right? Because I I've been watching about three horror movies a day during uh, 31 Days of Horror, um, but not sinister. Not gonna watch that by myself again, <laughs> like ever. Again. Yeah, that was yeah. I remember it was really freaky. Mm-hmm. The way yeah, when it goes down, things go down. You're just like what it uh, yeah, speechless. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You're like uh no. All right, cool. Okay, so I'm gonna rephrase this for another question. What is your favorite <laughs> Halloween movie? And this is going to lead us into this next next thing we're going to talk about. Like Halloween. doesn't have to be horror. doesn't have to yeah. be – like what is your favorite Halloween movie? Oh, okay. So I'm going to answer this as a triple tie. Okay. I, uh, these are going to be my answers this entire time. That's I hope fine. you know. Like you I, have, I have such a hard time like narrowing things down. Um, Hocus Pocus, Adam's Family, and Monster House are okay. my top three. This huh. is why I'm asking this question because I went on a variety of different lists. Yes, IMDb. He did. Yes, he I did. did uh, AFI, Malcolm Film Institute. I did a bunch of research to see what is regarded the number one Halloween movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Boo, what would you think it was? Oh, that's tough. You no, know, there's, there's things like Nightmare on Elm Street. What's well, good? Well, hold on, but it doesn't have to be hard. So there's also. It's got to uh, be Halloween. Uh, it's got yeah, a, well, it has to happen on Halloween. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But the Nightmare on Elm Street was on one of them. Um, Halloween was on, on one of them, obviously. Yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas is on them. Is oh, on that is not a those. Halloween movie. I, know. I will it, fight to the death saying that Christmas that is not movie, a Halloween right, movie. Right, it's right, a Christmas right. movie. I, I, there's a big debate <laughs> over that. We had a there's massive a debate, debate at work that. right when we came <laughs> out there. It's a, no, it's both. It's no, it, yeah. It, so I'll, I'll give you. He is doing his hardest to escape Halloween to go to Christmas. It's a yes. Christmas movie. He, he is. Yeah, he is scared. He's so he's sick not scared. of Halloween. He's sick of Halloween. Yeah, he's so he's, done. He's, yep. so, so he's tired run of out of all the tricks. It's over. But he does Halloween out Christmas. Yes, he right? tweaks it. Yeah, he, he revamps. It's like his right. base nature, though. It like is. boo, nothing. Well, I, I said I said Halloween, the actual. Halloween. Oh, the actual Halloween yeah. movie. Okay, <laughs> Halloween. okay I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, that, makes sense. that makes sense. Well, it's actually Hocus Pocus, and Kate said Hocus Pocus is in the three way tie. So I want to do a flip and say, Kate, but why though? Why? <laughs> why is Hocus Pocus such a big deal? And everybody you ask, mm-hmm. I bet you if I go out there and ask Lorraine right now, my wife, she'll say Hocus Pocus is her number one Halloween movie. Hmm. Did you have you guys seen Hocus Pocus? Yeah, I okay. have. Yes. Okay, Kate, explain to me. But why though? Why is Hocus Pocus on these lists? Ooh, so I think Hocus Pocus is going to be on this list almost mainly for late '80s and '90s kids, um, just because this was played every single Halloween after it came out. And on top of that, it probably does the best of weaving in the lore of the Sanderson sister- sisters into Halloween itself. Um, and it's just, it has the best spirit of the holiday, in my opinion. Okay. You know, okay. you get costume parties, you get witches, you get magic, you get curses, and it's still like light and friendly enough. And I mean, who doesn't like a talking cat? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm going to get killed for this. I've never seen Hocus Pocus. <laughs> I know. I am going to get killed for this. I have never <laughs> seen Terrible. Hocus Pocus because it didn't look good to me. No. Yeah. Bat Midler and, and Sarah uh, Parker, Jessica Parker, and then who's the other one? Yeah. Kathy Najimy. Kathy Najimy. Oh, she's funny. She's funny. She's actually a great actress. Yes. I didn't never look up. Now I'm going to have to watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to have to watch I it. I watched it all the time growing up. I had I, It was like I had a VHS of it. I loved it so much. And so now... I will. I, I have yet to watch it because I'm watching that on Halloween. Um, that's one of the movies uh-huh. that I've, I've left just to watch on Halloween. Right. Uh, 
with these others too, which is why I said three. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think it's great. I think it honestly just, if you want to get into the real, but why though, I think it just has a place in the hearts of late eighties and nineties kids. Um, just because of how much it was played and how much it was referenced and And, it kind of built everything out. Okay. And if I'm not mistaken, you can also like sit down with your kids and watch it and Mm -hmm. it encompasses everything right there. So you can, okay. Okay. Makes sense. And I can say say too, like you can go in and watch it as an adult. Like it's totally not the cheesy nineties factor, but a lot of the humor in there is going to hit you just as much as like, as much as there is for like Disney kids. There's also stuff for an adult watching it. Okay. Gotcha. That's why you're on a podcast called But Why, though. You explained <laughs> <Yep>. yourself. <laughs> Good job. That was great. So I got to definitely watch it. Now, my wife's going to kill me because I've never seen it because I think she absolutely loves that movie. You guys watch it? <laughs> Boo, Boo's my brother-in-law, Kate. So um, oh, okay. just, that's why I'm going to ask. You guys watch it at home at all? Like, no, I, I, I remember seeing it at home. Okay. Yeah. You do? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Well, there, <laughs> there is our little horror Halloween little list. And um, hopefully this mashup works. That would be great. And we and I need to watch Hocus Pocus evidently. Yep. I'm the only one that hasn't yep. seen it. All right. So now let's talk something I always say, let's get into the danger zone. <laughs> We're talking some Top Gun uh, 2. Who? Maverick, which is gonna be called. That hashtag show dropped some info about the much anticipated sequel. Um, and it's all about Goose's lineage. So what's happening here, it's being reported that Goose's son, Wrigley will be a member of the Top Gun class that is being taught by, who else? Maverick. Maverick. Tom Cruise's principal character. However, if you're expecting Maverick and Wrigley to have a mentor-mentee relationship, you are wrong. I guess Wrigley is very pissed off that and blames Maverick for the death of Goose, his father, um, because he was reckless. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> this is pretty interesting. We, we, we talk Top Gun just for fun sometimes, right? Yes. Okay, I went back and watched Top Gun. Again, like about, I think, four or five months ago. And I couldn't believe how horribly bad it was. And I loved the movie to death when I was a kid. But the dialogue, the the romance, it was just awful. And, and I got a bunch of tweets about this. And I'm going to get it again. Mm-hmm. Again, people, I love the action sequences. I love the story. It's cool. But it, the dialogue is goddamn awful. <laughs> it's fucking horrific. Especially between Tom Cruise and... Um, Val Kilmer. Kilmer? No, 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 I love that shit. Um, I love Anthony that shit. <laughs> no, the, Kelly McGillis. Kelly McGillis. Thank you, Kelly McGillis, who I was in love with when I was a kid. <laughs> but then I watched it again. I was like, why was I in love with Kelly McGillis? It wasn't that great. So I don't she know. She just came with the movie. Man. I guess so. Package deal. I guess so. What's your take on Top Gun, Kate? And do, should they be making a sequel 30 years later or however long it's been? So mm-hmm. I welcome the ats. Feel free to at me. Um <laughs> There's no reason you need to constantly be rebooting and making sequels to franchises that have long since died because we don't need it. Write some new material. Like, I, and I say this after yeah. I just got railed for like being happy for a Jamie Lee Curtis Halloween thing. Okay. But <laughs> I think at the end, at the end of the day, there's way too much of it. And a lot of it gets done for bad movies. I'm sorry. I don't give a crap if any of y'all like Top Gun. That's a shit movie. I'm sorry. It's just, it doesn't hold up. It doesn't um, hold up. I'm, I, that's what I said. It does it, not hold up. It doesn't hold up. And I mean, I just, there. we don't need it. And what what the hell kind of name is Wrigley? That's like, what I was thinking. It's just so and bad. I, I, and I think they named him Wrigley from the original because he shows up in the original, right? But he's a little boy, a little, boy, like a little they, toddler but, bouncing around. But I think they named him in the movie, if I'm uh, not mistaken. Okay. All the Top well, Gun crazies, well, please still, let me know. 
still in in the original Top Gun, terrible name. Oh yeah, and now oh, yeah. doing it again, yeah. terrible name still. No, I, I agree with that. Well, and not only that, it's thirty years later. You telling me you just can't rewrite it and make it a retcon? Like, just do that. That's a terrible name for a protagonist. It's true. Like, but I think maybe like a nickname. I guarantee you, what's going to happen? They're going to have butt heads, and then at the end of it. They're going to get together to fight the North Koreans. <laughs> and they're, they're yeah. going to be fine at the end. Don't trust me. That's yep. exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. Yep. And will I be there to watch it? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm because. probably going to have to go see it. Yeah, see? That's what I'm, That's why they that, make At the end of the day, that's exactly right. And let me tell you, when I hear the Harold Folsomeyer song, the intro to Top Gun, <laughs> and, the, and, the pre- and the previews, I'm going to shit. I'm going to – Oh, yeah, gonna no. And you're going to see the fumes come excited. off of the jet turbine yeah. engine. And you're going to be like, fumes. oh, hell I'm yeah. I'm so excited. Dude. I'm going to smell the fumes. You got to do it in the, uh, <laughs> those 4D uh, movie theaters where the chair moves. Right. And they, and oh, they get the, the smoke. Oh, yes. the Yeah, right. you should do it in there. <laughs> they got to come up Which, with a way better name for that, by the way. The yeah, D-box. they do. D-Box. Which I did read that if you went to go see Geostorm in the D-Box, it was actually worth your ticket. Oh, that's pretty cool. They did it. They did it in D box. That's what I heard. I don't like rain and wind Uh and snow. That'd be (laughs) sick. That'd be great. It's just like constantly hitting you. You're like, all right, you cut it out. Awesome. That'd be so cool. Well, this one is being uh, directed by Tron Legacies director Joseph Kosinski. By the way, this Top Gun film. So, Mr. Tom Cruise and Joseph Kosinski are going to work together and make this thing come out, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. Which I will say, I'll watch anything with Tom Cruise because since I know how short he is, I try to look at how they've made him larger on the screen. <laughs> Matt took me or Matt dragged me to the last Mission Impossible in the movie theater, and the entire time we're just like, "How are they making him taller in this scene? <laughs> what are they doing over here?" And it's not CGI either most of the time. No, because I, I think I think they do the same thing they do with Robert Downey Jr. and like all the Avengers shots. They have him walk on a platform, so his character's path is like an on the rails video game. He can only take this direction. <laughs> <laughs> old old N sixty four game. Uh, <laughs> straight one direction, yeah. That means they're doing like some crazy camera angles for Jack Reacher movies. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's a badass. They are. He looks like a badass. <laughs> and these guys are obviously way bigger than he yeah. Is. Oh yeah. <laughs> Let me talk to you a little bit about video games since you just brought it up. We're gonna talk about Marvel in a second, but so what kind of gaming are you into? I know you're a big time gamer, right? Yeah, so I prefer anything that is an FPS. So I I've kind of burned myself out on uh, shooters and Call of Duty stuff a long time ago. I right now I personally prefer RPGs or MMOs. That's what I really like playing, mostly because I like community play. And my significant other Matt, like obviously, it's a it's a lot more fun for us both to sit and waste ten hours of a day playing together <laughs> than separately. Yeah, no, that uh, makes sense. Yeah. But anything with an immersive story. An immersive story will get me every time. Okay. Um, That's cool. So We have a big Destiny guy over here. In no, West. but it's an FPS, so yeah, she she's not into yeah. it. Yeah. No, I, ha- I have played Destiny, and I'm not into it because it came out saying it was going to be an MMO and then ruined everybody on that on the Xbox platform who then got an MMO and tried to play it like Destiny. You don't right. use a bow if you're a healer. Hmm. So. Wow. That's she's, why I don't like she, Destiny. She, yeah. No, she's she's <laughs> right. Yeah, because you can't even though Destiny has the qualities of an MMO, it's it isn't really you can't she's right, you cannot take what you do in Destiny to another game. Okay. So you yeah, can't take it, it to other games like that. Yeah, it's extreme. It's MMO light and just like elite I, I didn't play any of the DLCs like I I got burnt out from I I just thought the loot system was bad and it was really grindy and not in a good way. Um, so I stopped playing probably like three months in. So I don't know anything past the DLC, but it also pissed me off that 
Bungie's still pissed off at Xbox at Xbox and doesn't release us any of the content that PS4 gets. Yeah, you're um, right. For like months at a time. So for me, that's why I don't like Destiny. But yeah. I can't. I do know there are a lot of Destiny stands out there, and I do understand that there are some good qualities to it. Um, but having come like when Elder Scrolls Online came out for the Xbox, we played it really, really heavily. Um, and we had to deal with a lot of the people who had never played an MMO before who were trying to do anything they want. Part of that is on Skyrim. And the other part of that is on Destiny as well, because that is a lot of the console exposure is just Destiny because they, they let it as an MMO game when it was really like super MMO light. Right. That's awesome. So. While, while you were speaking, Boo and, and Les were both shaking their heads up and down. Like mm-hmm. with you. <laughs> yeah, well, no, because Carlos, I love the grinding aspect of Destiny. I like I crave loot completely. will do whatever I have to do to try to get as much of it as possible. Carlos hates that. Yeah, yeah it was. And then I'm I'm kind of the opposite of you, Kate, because I like FPSs. And what I wanted in Destiny was I just wanted to kill people, but still get the cool <laughs> shit. Yeah. I was, but, I, but killing people, you didn't get the cool shit. You had to grind and do all the other shit. And I was like, no, I just want to kill people and get yeah. cool shit. They never gave me any cool shit. Yeah. I was like, yeah. no, I just want to walk around and look at shit. <laughs> what I, I just walk around like yeah, Battlefront. I just want to walk around and look at shit. Like, yeah. Look at See, cool shit without getting killed. But I do agree with Kate. I, I agree with you completely that uh, Xbox One gets screwed over big time by Bungie. Because yeah. we don't get... Uh, they they just now started trying to open up the raid components or raid to just regular people who can just jump on with someone else and do so it. So the content's totally different, or it, it just, the, they just the, hold the it access off. and content is totally different. Oh, There's true. weapons and armor and a bunch of other stuff yeah. that PS4 gets yeah. that you will never get. So yeah, yeah it kind of sucks, but. Yeah, I mean, and I have to, like, give my boys credit on But Why, though, too, because, like, they talk about this a lot, and we all kind of, like, commiserate and talk about these things, because it's just, it sucks, man. There's, it, it, it's something that's happening more and more frequently, um, and I think that's one of the reasons why Xbox is really pushing for cross-platform uh, play, mm-hmm. because it's just the the way that PS4, Sony, ex- like, actually works its exclusives is really, really shitty. So if you really, if you, if you have an axe to grind with Microsoft, you're going to take it out by releasing exclusive content on the PS4. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, that does suck. Wait, are we ever going to get to the point where we're going to see this crossover? I knew there was rumors about, like, last year, right? Mm-hmm. And then again, everybody I got think- crazy excited, and then they just, they're, they're gone. They're, I haven't heard anything. So, like, personally, I think... Microsoft is really pushing for cross-platform with um, the PC. And I think that that will probably come just because, I mean, Microsoft doesn't lose out on money because you can't run a lot of the games on the on the Mac OS. That's just not going to happen. Mm. And so you have to have a Windows system, um, I guess. And so uh, I think they'll do that because there's money to be had there. You're having King of the, um, King of the Kill coming over to Xbox this year, um, or it's already on there. I haven't played Xbox in a while. You're also getting ARC. You're getting a lot of platformed games or ported games over from the PC to the Xbox already. Okay. Um, but you're not having that same thing happen on the PS4. It's taking longer for ports of PC games to get to the PS4. So I think there is a bridge between the PC and Xbox that's able that they're able to do that. But the PS4 craves exclusivity and hardware fanboys that want those exclusive single play games that they won't actually. I don't think it'll ever be truly cross platform. Okay, oh, they won't truly cross- ever do it. No, if it's going to be cross platform, it'll. Stri- I think it'll strictly be from the Xbox to the PC. I okay. don't ever see it being across all three. 
Boo, what do you think about this? No, no, I agree. I agree. What is it? And then also the the issue is that they've tried this before, like on uh, on the PS4, they have Counter-Strike Go, which you play against people on the PS4 as well as people on PC. But the issue is if you're on a PC, you're you're more accurate, you're more uh, uh, precise in what you do, so you can see a difference. And that's not good. Yeah. No, that's not good at all it because yeah, away from what how the crossover exactly, is supposed to be. Exactly. So so if I I think it's it's cool in some ways, but in in particular games and stuff like that, it's not the best route because you're just going to get annihilated because this guy can do more, be more precise, be much more accurate than you can with a controller in your hand, okay. which kind of yeah. kills the, the whole fun of it because you're just getting smoked and you don't know why. That's and nice. then you you figure out, oh, this guy has a, a – uh, was it a, a hardware advantage? I know there's these modded controllers, and I know mm-hmm. it, it, do they mod for both platforms for a PS4 and Xbox? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you you can get anything modded. You can even get a modded keyboard okay. if you're playing on the PC. I think wow. um, I think like what uh, what Boo is saying is like the re- so you can get the most modded out controller that you want. It's never going to beat a mouse and a keyboard. Wow. It's just okay. never going to do that. That's and amazing. I think. Like, like that's totally like I think I think you're completely right. That's definitely the other the other problem that you'll come into going into a game that's that's heavily. I mean, well, you'll also have it too. Is if you play like if you play CS:GO against somebody with a wireless uh, mouse and a hardline mouse, the wireless mouse is going to lose out over that hardline mouse because that split that that like fraction of a second is the difference between actually progressing and ending up and and yeah. dying. Yeah, that mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, huh? Okay. So there's, there's a lot that goes into it. Here's here's another question for you. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna throw out all kinds of questions to you. Today. <laughs> oh that's no! It's, yeah, cute. <laughs> because your the title of your podcast is a question, so that's I'm just gonna throw a bunch of questions to you. <laughs> just kidding. If you're on stranded on an island, what is and you know you're gonna be stranded for a good like ten years. What is the game that you're taking with you? Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider. The oh. first one. First one. Okay. Very cool. Interesting. Great game. Mm-hmm. Classic. One of the one of the legendary it- games. It it was my introduction into gaming as like myself. So like my mom and we have uh, the very first episode of our podcast is on Lara Croft. Like she has such a big, big, big piece in my heart um, because she started my love of gaming. And I just think that there was so much to the platforming and the puzzle mechanics in the first game that there is a whole bunch of content there that I, I would play over and over again. Very cool. That's great. That was a great game. Mm-hmm. Is uh, you interested in the the reboot? So the reboot games are shit, yeah. but the movie looks yeah. awesome. Yeah, it looks good. Uh, uh, yeah, like Alicia Vikander was meant to play young Laura. Like she matches it to a T. The, I watched one of these, um, like I guess like behind the scene things where she's like, I think she's like climbing on a rope or something, and her back is so cut, and I'm just like, oh my god. How yeah. did you? How are you doing this? This is amazing. She is such a great uh, actress too. She is so yeah. Great. Like I, I can't wait for it. I'm super excited. I I ate so much crow when I saw that trailer because <laughs> I talk absolute trash about the new games because um, they are trash. Um, feel free to at me. Yeah, <laughs> but this trailer did right what the games got wrong. 
at least at least from what I'm seeing, like uh, from what this trailer gives me, I'm hoping that they fix a lot of the issues I had with the with the with the reboot games and the reboot games. It was pretty much torture porn. Like you just saw Lara's the victim the entire game, oh, okay. and that was it. Like it, and I think here you're getting a nice like balanced origin story while also having her be a badass. And that's a that's a great praise for someone that's a huge fan. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm that- even more excited now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she's fantastic. I love her. I love and she was uh, she was almost Laura Cruz, if you really? didn't know. I didn't know yep, that. Yep, that was that was the working uh, the working title for her. Initially, she was going to be a male um, indie ripoff, and then they said they needed a female, and so they wanted to make her Laura Cruz, and she was going to be a Latina. Um, oh, and they didn't do Indiana it. Indiana Jones, and they didn't do it. They went with the British, a British lady. Gotcha. So, well, at least they went with a good British lady. You know, they did. They did. <laughs> what are you going to do? I want to see Triangle her in Star Wars and film. all. Triangle, <laughs> Triangle boobs and, and all. all. That's right. And I, I'm uh, hoping that Lucasfilm picks her up for something mm-hmm. for a Star Wars film. She'd you be perfect. Alicia Vikander? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. She'd be amazing. She'd be amazing. Anyway. She'd be so good. All right. Well, let's get into some Marvel a little bit. Josh Whedon came out. He saw Ragnarok. Mm. This is what he said. Really quick tweet, but this is what he said. Here's the thing. He has made a modern masterpiece. Wow. Epic, hilarious, gorgeous, heartfelt, and hilarious I'm so happy, hashtag hilarious. So use hilarious three times. <laughs> so Joss Whedon, who is in DC now, loves this thing. Yeah. And that's a pretty high praise. That is. A really high person. And he, somebody who went out on a bad note for Marvel, too. Exactly. Went out on a really bad note for Marvel and who finished up Justice League. This Ragnarok has been nothing but positive reviews. I haven't read one bad review about this film. So there's a lot of pressure on this mm-hmm. thing. Uh, yeah. And they're saying it's just as funny or funnier than Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. and more colorful than the Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, that's which is amazing. Yeah. Can't wait. You very excited about this? Yeah, I'm hyped. I never thought I'd say I was hyped for a Thor movie. I think the other two are some of the worst that the MCU has to offer what? movie-wise. Kate, I, I agree uh, 100% with <laughs> Thor 2, but I love Thor 1. I can't stand Thor 1. I, I just – I guess – okay. I just don't like Thor. I think okay. that's just what it is, which is hard because we're about to do a Thor episode and I'm doing the notes. So it's going to be our most objective episode to date where I will just be bringing the facts. Is he too, um, is he too beefy and dreamy for you? Is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the beefy and the dreamy. Um, I don't appreciate the dullness. Okay. Hmm. All right. All right. <laughs> it was just, it just wasn't entertaining. Um, I haven't found myself entertained by anything in the Thor movies other than Loki. But when I saw the trailer, for Ragnarok the very first time, I was super excited that you were going to get to see Banner build a relationship with somebody because I think one of the top things that the MCU does is it builds relationships between its characters really, really well. Yes. Um, and so I'm excited for that. I'm excited for all the color and excited to finally see the Guardians be um, established within the larger picture because that's where this is meeting them. Yes. So oh, God, I'm excited. Yes. I'm all around excited and hyped and we're going to like, I, I just, I can't wait. And I never thought I'd say that because I don't really like Thor that much, but I'm, this is the one I've been looking forward to. And, and you know what? I, I kind of feel the same way with the Hulk. I'm sitting here with two massive Hulk fans mm-hmm. and I'm not a big Hulk guy at all. I'm not either. Yeah. No, good. Okay, we're on come the same on. Page. But, <laughs> but, but they're both looking at me really, it's really okay. upset right now. It is but okay. I said this before. I'm very excited that this Hulk is going to be different than all the other Hulks that we've seen. And I, I'm very excited. And you're right about the, the character building and the relationship building. 
what MCU does great is they don't give a shit if it takes 10 years. They'll they'll build it slowly. Yeah. To a point where like you're building it with them. And then yeah, this is going invested. to be the climax. This is oh yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah, you're invested the exactly. Reason, the reason Infinity War is so highly wanted and people are aching for is because you know these characters that you have sat with for 17 freaking years. Yeah. Some of them are going to die. And that is killing me right now and it <laughs> hurts me deeply. Oh. Because it is the perfect transition of a universe that has been put together so well. And I think that there are some rough spots, but the MCU, by and large, narrative-wise, story-wise, and character-wise, is really, really well done. And I think that Ragnarok's just going to be great. It's like, going to be and, great. And, it, and it, it has to, not only to live up to the hype, but we also have Black Panther coming out, too. Like, it's sandwiched next to some great, great, great MCU, or predicted MCU movies. That it has to be able to stand on its own. Um, but I agree with you. I think Mark Ruffalo's Hulk is one of the best Hulks that we've seen. Because you get a full felt banner as well as a Hulk. And I think that he was supposed to be the Hulk. And he like live streams things when he's not supposed to. So yeah. 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 He's the best. He's so <laughs> His political views and everything. I, I love that guy, yep. man. He's I love him. He messed up. With that video? Yeah, oh, yeah. I know. He, yeah. He just kept it going, yeah, and I'm like, yeah. um, uh, but he's like, oh. I love how everybody else got in on it and started yeah. waving and shit. Yeah, it's awesome. great. No, no and they're humanizing him. No, oh, absolutely. Ahead, and then he messed up uh, twice, even bigger, because when they went to the premiere, we're actually sitting in the seats. He does a, uh, an Instagram video, Instagram, I guess, yeah, live yeah. live video. I, yeah, I yeah. forgot what it's called. And so he's like, oh, look at this. Look at all the people. Doesn't hit stop. Puts the phone in his pocket 15 minutes of oh, uh, the movie's audio, that. the starting fifteen minutes yep. is is heard, and people are just watching on uh, Instagram live, serious? whatever it is. Yeah, yep. yeah. So yeah, oh, I'm, shit. I'm, I'm I didn't surprised know about they haven't. That. I'm surprised they haven't shot him yet. Yeah, you know, I know. With, with the yeah. 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 Kennedy would have just shot him. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. Exactly. But to your guys's point about even if it takes ten years, they leave no plot thread dangling. No, like none whatsoever. And we all knew this was coming when you stayed after the Avengers and that first uh, end scene with Thanos smirking. Yeah. And you go, oh. And I remember, I still remember, and it's, I still remember I stood straight up in the air. Yeah, you we did. were at the theater You're and I'm like, excited. it's fucking Thanos. Yeah. I'm the only one screaming. Yeah, yeah. And everyone's like, sit what down, the nerd. Shut, shut the fuck up. Nerd, sit down. Sit down. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't give a rip. <laughs> yeah. Sit down, nerd. Every time we go to- Every time we go to a Marvel movie, Matt has to like grab my arm to keep me from standing in my seat for those end credits because I'm just like, oh my god, look at this, yes. look at this, this is yes. what's gonna happen next. It's like, shut up, people don't read the comics. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I don't care, they're here opening night, they better read the comics. Exactly, you're <laughs> there opening yes. night, you gotta get, you have yeah. to be. Uh, That's all that should be there. Con- opening con- night should yes. be for the comic book fans, <laughs> right. exactly, exactly. Which Exclusive. is another reason. <laughs> Why I'm super excited for Ragnarok as well, because we get Gladiator Hulk and we get to see a lot of the Hulk universe being brought into Thor. Like, this isn't just going to be a Thor movie. I think it's going to be really, really well split between the two uh, between the two characters' background stories within the comics. So I'm really, really excited. Yeah, for that. I mm-hmm. am too. I am too. I cannot wait. It comes out next week, right? Yes, it does. This Friday. We need to get this Friday. This week. Yeah, this Friday. It comes this out week. this week, people. Yeah, we We're have in the future. Get, yeah. I forgot. It's tickets. Halloween. Yes. We, <laughs> our we need to get tickets. We need to get tickets. We get off this podcast. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Shit. Okay. Great. Now, a character that's in that Ragnarok, Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. That's how you pronounce, right? Or is it Valkyrie? Yes, Valkyrie. Yep, Valkyrie. Valkyrie. I thought they would change up a little bit. Okay, Valkyrie. She's she was on the Independent 
um, which is T- a, Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson. Thank you so yep. much. Tessa May Thompson. Hey, well, it turns out that they, when she first met Takiki, Takiki? Taika Watiti. Thank you. Yes. Taika Watiti. I thought my name was tough. <laughs> <laughs> just say Taika, Taika Watiti. Taika. Yeah, okay. so just say Taika. Okay. Well, this is what she said about Taika. It was quite a collaborative uh, situation with Taika. When we first got together, the first minute we met, he pitched this character as sort of a Han Solo over the movie. And I sort of knew the space that she wanted to be occupied in. And we wanted to have a subconscious Han Solo and bring out cliches of that portrayal of her. Right. Is she in the comics? Like, she's a big character? Yeah, she's part of the okay. universe for sure. Okay, um, great. If I'm not mistaken, she breaks free of... I think it was that Odin tried to take her, oh, her okay. origin, when she was dying. And she fought so fiercely... That he like gave her free reign or something like that. She's not yeah, yeah, yeah. holding to any because she's supposed to be part of Hela's mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Agent, but she's oh, not. She's not. She okay. has free yeah. reign. She right, can go cool. and do whatever she wants. Cool. Yeah. So she got attitude. Because in Norse myth, so you have Death and Valkyries are the ones that ride up with. They they come and they collect the um the the souls of the soldiers who have died. They bring them up to Valhalla. Oh, so gotcha. essentially, she would have to be part of Hela, who's the goddess of death. But yeah. she doesn't, yeah, she has no, but she doesn't, she's not beholden her yeah, ties. She has no allegiance to her. So yeah. she has the Valkyrie powers, but she doesn't have to. Very cool. Yeah, she's gets yep. to do her own This thing. is getting better and better every day. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And I've stopped watching any previews, by the way. Every time it comes on, I turn my head. I don't want to see anything else. I'm done. I just want to watch the movie now. I yeah. want to visually be surprised. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. just time to get it's it time. on. You're right. Guess what? It's time for, it's time for a Logan spinoff. Oh, About right. damn time. No. It's time for them to start actually throwing ideas out there. So in an interview with The Hollywood Reporter, director James Mangold weighed in on where they're at with the Laura storyline and where it's going. And this is what he had to say. Patty Jenkins' success with Wonder Woman only solidifies more for studios that there's less to fear with a female protagonist. The more that keeps getting hit home, that ends up giving me more space turning around and going, well, here we are with a female protagonist. That's incredible. And that's what we're going to do with her. And that's where we're at right now. We're just in the dreaming stage. So that's what uh, he had to say. My only question is, what rating are they going to try to go for? Because Laura, even though Daphne Keene is a young, is a little girl. Yeah. Laura, her character is very violent, like very bloody. Everything. And the older she gets, the worse it gets. The mm-hmm. worse she gets. Yeah, she gets to, I mean, she she's worse than Logan. Yeah, she's no. A, so, just a bloodthirsty, everything. Yeah. Blood and body parts everywhere. <laughs> yep. And death no, X-23, X-23 is the Wolverine on steroids. Yes. Yep. In every possible every way. Every way. And it's just, yeah, she, so you have to, they have to be careful here because this is, it's one thing to have Wonder Woman and what Wonder Woman stands for and embodies. Laura, on the other hand, is just death, is a straight up death machine. And he's the complete opposite. Yeah. She's it's, like, oh, yeah. And, and she's not a wisecracker, so she's not the Deadpool. So you can't nope. play the like little Merc with the mouth kind of thing. You're going to have to play this she's lady. She's straight. She's, she's what a sequel to Firestarter if Charlie was just unhinged oh okay and just said i'm gonna yeah. nuke everything and just right. nukes yeah. well it's gotta be r then i mean they've yeah, made they're, yeah. they're, it was successful as our movie Logan yeah. Was a I huge think, success. yeah so i think one of the things and feel free to at me i actually don't think wonder woman was as great as everybody was saying um i i personally feel watching it without hype goggles the third act falls apart 
um, personally, um, because I think they tried to... I mean, the script wasn't written by Patty Jenkins, so just to throw that out there too, it was Zach's Zach strip script, and I think that there is something in there where in that third scene they try to hyper feminize her, and there's a character, there's this, there's a fire in Wonder Woman that for me gets lost in that, mm-hmm. and especially with that dialogue. So, I it's it's a good movie, it's the best DCEU movie, um, but for me it still doesn't touch a lot of the other uh, comic movies that we've gotten, mm-hmm. um. But I think I think he's right in that it has proven that a female protagonist can make money in a space that a lot of people think is predominantly just for men. Um, I think that's what it's proven and, you, and none of that can get taken away. But my only problem is just like you said, I'm really scared that they would take her and Wonder Woman her up. That is not what mm. can be done. Yeah, 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 you, you, you can't do that. For that character, you mm-hmm. can't do that because she is a really awesome badass character, but we also kind of like society and movies in general suffer from this idea that they want women to be represented one type of way in all the films they make about women. And that's just it. And it goes through different cycles as to what kind of women they're representing. And I think that my biggest fear is you will have people trying to bank on the success of wonder woman by replicating wonder woman. And you like that's going to be a big it's going to be the it's going to be in the death of where all these female movies would like that. That's what it's going to be. Yeah. For me. So you're saying that this presumably could have more harm than good. Mm -hmm. Yes, Yes. it could. That's exactly what I was wondering. It's like you can't. I mean, yes, the success of Wonder Woman is good, but you don't want a lot of Wonder Woman. You don't want a Wonder Woman. Exactly. Yeah. You need to. If you're going to bring these characters, they need to be who they exactly are. Yeah. They need to stand out exactly. in every way. And because Laura is a fierce, she's just an animal. So yeah, that's what you need to be bringing. If they're going to do this, that's exactly what they need to put out there. Yeah, It would essentially be like having a Superman film. Like, say we have had no Superman films whatsoever. And we're trying to see if any comic book movie can be made. And so you make Superman and Superman does really, really good, makes a whole bunch of money, improves that people want to see Superman on screen. So what do you do next? Do you choose a character who is just like him or do you choose somebody different and write him into the same story? Batman does not work in Superman's story, Mm -hmm. even though I think that's what they're trying to do in justice league. But Mm -hmm. that's that's another conversation. Um, But you can't, you have to be faithful to how these characters behave and are because there is a giant history and attachment to them. I'm perfectly fine with with changing the story, but when it comes to the heart of that character, you have to leave it that way. And one of my biggest fears is that the same way that like female characters were all pigeonholed as like the strong female character after Ripley and they all had to look like Ripley after that, mm-hmm. I see the same thing happening with Wonder Woman and that really, really worries me. That's a great take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's like, a yeah. Great as a take. woman, that worries me. <laughs> like, yeah, really, no, like, like a whole bunch. So, what do you, this um, leads right into like our next one? How about Captain Marvel? Where do you think they're going to go with this? You think Marvel's going to have that sensibility of not making her too Wonder Woman out? So, I don't think they will because Marvel, Marvel does not have a great track record with representation, but they do have a great track record with bringing characters to life. 
I can't think of a version of a character in a Marvel movie that I haven't thought was spot on from at least the essence of what I thought that character was reading it growing up. And I'm talking about specifically just Marvel produced movies, not anything done by Fox Searchlight or Paramount. Um, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. You're right. You got to narrow it. Keep it in the the Marvel. (laughs) Exactly. Because we could go forever on all the. Crap! No, the crap! Yeah, yeah. The biting my tongue. Oh, and the, uh, Spider-Man's. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. biting biting my tongue on yeah. that. Right. Yeah. But if we if we look at the MCU, I think Marvel has proven that it will stay faithful to a character, and it will take the time to build out of a build out a story. Um, I wish they weren't going with Captain Marvel first, just because I think there are a lot of really good Avengers tie-ins that they could have done to fill in this gap. Um, but I think that they'll do her really, really well. And I think it opens the door to have other characters come in. Yeah. I, I so I don't that. have, the, I don't have the same problem, but I think okay. I have the problem specifically with DC or somebody like a, a Sony or a Paramount or a Fox Searchlight who only see dollars lines and want to pop these things out as fast as yeah. they can. Yeah. You're going to try and find a formula, replicate the formula, and that's what it's going to be. And I think that's what DC's proven to put out. And I think that's why I'm really worried. Um, and it's what Fox has proven to put out too. Yeah, Fox has done the same. Yes. Yep. There is some news about Captain Marvel. The according to Variety, looks like we have the villain. They're negotiating with Ben Mendelsohn Ooh. as the villain. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Right. Exactly who he would be playing was revealed, but the character might be the leader of the scrolls. Ah <gasps> Secret Invasion. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. but they can't I, the shapeshift. Are they gonna be able to do played. that? Supposedly, Captain Marvel directors Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck had Mendelssohn in mind for the role this entire time. That's that's awesome. Great, but are they going to be able to... They can't do a secret invasion, I don't think. I think they can pull How? something off where they do uh, the scrolls, right? Because they have a deal with them, right? They have a yeah. deal that they can do the scrolls. Okay, I just don't know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if they do secret invasion, that would be... That would have to cap it all off. That would be like the end of... You'd have to take like a pretty long break after that. Because Secret Invasion and is the, a massive, mm-hmm. groundbreaking right. story. Yeah. Like this, it is. This Captain, Mar- this Captain Marvel is supposed to be set in the eighties or the seventies. Nineties. This should be nineties. Nineties. They're doing nineties, yeah. which is cool. They didn't go with the yeah. typical eighties thing that everybody's doing. Well, that one. If it's Carol Danvers, there is the eighties, but that one. If they're trying to do a different, yeah, thing, they're doing the nineties. Yeah, because then that would yeah. be her interacting with the X Men and. Mm-hmm. A bunch of other stuff. And Mendo, going on. Mendo's amazing. He's going to be. Yes. Yeah. He's a perfect villain. Yeah. Anything. I mean, and I think too, like as as much as like we have, like, and this is where it comes into the question of like property rights, right? Yes. <laughs> yep. What right. can they do? What can't they do? And the reason you like, I think the hard thing is, is I don't think anybody like actually knows like the breadth of what these property rights are until we see them on the screen. So like the reason we got Wanda and Pietro is because they were technically members of the Avengers first. And right. then they were X-Men. And so you were able to have them in both franchises without having to worry about things. Um, but I didn't know that until we actually got to see them on screen. So we won't actually know how they're going to do this. I mean, and Reed Richards is super big in Civil War and in Ultron storyline. And you don't have that in these. And they were able to pretty much move around those. I, I'm still pissed Hank Pym did an event Ultron. That, I was going to say that too. Yeah, there's, yeah. Um, they, they, they've left a lot. but Yeah. They've been able to put something out there, which has been okay. They have some good good writers over there. Hmm. Their story group over there is just a couple. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And and their things are just subtle enough where you go, okay. Because, I mean, even for Civil War, they changed a lot of stuff. Uh, Daredevil, who has a huge part in Civil War, 
nowhere near it. I mean, we've talked about this before on our show. They're doing the right thing. They're doing Marvel for sure. Yeah. Disney Marvel for sure has got it down pat, and they Ooh. they're knocking it all out. So yeah, I, to I see the scrolls it. come to life though would be it, uh, yeah, I can't wait for that. It'd be awesome. I, I I'm so uh, I I'm here for scrolls. <laughs> sure. I, I definitely yeah. Yeah. You're all in. Well, let's talk about the other side of the studios that doesn't seem to have it all figured out and all right all the time. Suicide Squad Two begins filming March 2018. As Kate shakes her head, I mean, that comes from my entertainment world, and it looks like they're bringing back the Joker, obviously. The film will once again bring back Jared Leto's incarnation of the Joker, hopefully this time with a more meaty role, since all the Joker scenes were cut out, pretty much, of the last one. And then we're going to get Scorsese's Joker. Yep. It's not going to be Jared Leto. Oh my god. It's just convoluted. The director, Gavin O'Connor, who directed The Accountant, which I loved. Mm -hmm. I love that movie, too. It's set to helm the sequel, which will be written after the story treatment by Zach Penn, who did the same job for the Avengers. Like I said before, it seems like they're on the right course of getting great people. Yeah, they're stabling the talent. Of of stealing people from Marvel and then bringing them on over to come and bring the Phase 1 Marvel stuff into DCEU. They're definitely, they're right there. Yes, Mm -hmm. that's what I'm saying. Well, you know, you got to give them credit, knowing that their stuff has been shit. And they're trying to write things. And mm-hmm. who better else to write things and to direct things and to produce things exactly. than the guys have done it before and done a great job. I know it sucks for Marvel fans that you were getting people ripped off. It, 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 it no, kind of doesn't. Go ahead, Kate. Yeah, like I don't have a problem as a Marvel fan. I have a problem who thinks that there should be integrity in your universe when you're trying to world build. That's what I have a problem with. Like it doesn't like even with like even in comics, writers, artists, they jump all the time and that's perfectly fine that's how you have a that's how you have the wealth of comic books that we do mm-hmm. you would not get a frank you would not get a frank miller batman if it wasn't possible for him to jump right. so for me that doesn't bother me what bothers me is they're trying to cut corners to do the right thing they're not actually doing the right thing they're so focused on recreating marvel that they're not trying to build their own world they're trying to shotgun it into something that Marvel has taken years to perfect. Yes. And they think by take like by not they're not stealing them, they're paying them and stuff. But you know, yeah, no, I by know what you're saying. borrowing the talent that helped build that Marvel world, they'll somehow rub off on them and say instead of saying, Hey guys, let's maybe stop having Zack Snyder and everything and let's stop and take a breather and think about how we're gonna build out this world. They're not doing that. And that's what bugs me. Like, I want to love these things so much. Bruce Timm's Justice League was formative into my superhero psyche. <laughs> and to get what we have right now, I yeah, very that, that's what's bothering me. Okay. No, no. And you're, that is, we've talked about this a thousand times on this podcast. You're 100% right. Mm-hmm. There, there, it seems to me, it feels like that they have some kind of time limit where they're not, their studio is going to go under or something in the next yeah. five years and they have to have all these things out. I don't get They already have the billions of dollars. Just slow it down, man. I, they, I, don't, I, don't, I have, don't understand what's going on. And they have all the property rights to their characters. Right. They're like, acting like they don't. Why yeah, isn't exactly. an Aquaman that's, movie coming that's the out big before one. this Justice League movie? Like, no. wh- why? Why don't we know who the hell Cyborg is before the Justice League movie comes out? And, it, and like I said on our last episode, Marvel is doing that, and Kate, you just said that earlier. Marvel's bringing characters to life. 
third tier, second tier yes. B C squad characters. They're bringing it. Yeah. We're going to get a Black Panther movie. Exactly. But we can't get a cyborg movie or we can't get a Flash standalone before we get the Justice League. Right. And people, yeah. but less people are going to tell you though, we didn't get a Black Panther movie before you saw Black Panther or Hawkeye before we saw Hawkeye in the Avengers. What I will bottle is those are not main characters. No. Exactly. Of the Avengers. They are, you, you yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can't bring Aquaman and, and who's a main Justice League character. He's mm-hmm. like one of the yeah. main yes, guys. Yes, exactly. And that's the yeah. thing. It's the, the, the level of who right. they are. But even then, they find ways to build it out. So exactly. with Hawkeye, and they did him perfectly, he is an integral part of the Avengers, but he probably wouldn't be able to carry a movie. He wouldn't. No. I don't think a lot of people would be going to see a Hawkeye movie. Maybe a Hawkeye Black Widow kind of movie yeah. together, maybe. Like a buddy cock, Hawkeye, yes, Hawkeye Black Widow. exactly. <laughs> but for be, Black Panther, good. though, really you when you in, 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 when they introduced Hawkeye, right when they, in uh, Thor, and he goes, hey, Barton, don't take, you know, they, they say his name. I'm like, oh, Hawkeye. that's Hawkeye. Exactly. Yeah. And we all know what, what he is. For Black Panther, he's actually in the, like I said, his books may not be like, popular but they're gonna skyrocket after this mm-hmm. movie more than likely and he started off by the way black Panther started off as a villain the first time he showed up in a comic was in like 1964 in the fantastic four he comic, debuted he invited them to to wakanda yes and then he hunted them yes because he's that that's his deal but he's i just he's, want to act like i knew what I was saying, <laughs> he's yeah. on the side of kid for sure but ultimately yeah. um and then the only reason is because he's a king and he, exactly. he thinks no one is his equal. Right. He's act. He acts the way we want Aquaman to start acting. And and like I'm totally gonna say nobody is his equal. So like he he outsmart. For me, I know people say Moon Knight is the Batman of the Marvel universe. I think Black Panther is is yes. is the is the Batman because he can he knows how to take down every single Avenger before he actually encounters the Avengers. Yes. yes. Um. He and even had a contingency integral. for Storm. Exactly. His wife. And like they they almost because fought, and she's like, way. "Wow, really? You had a you have a move for me too." And I think, and that was why I lost my absolute shit when I saw him in Civil War because yes. Chadwick Boseman is perfect, his suit is perfect, and how he kept up with Cap that entire time is perfect. Mm-hmm. That's true. Well, he um, outperformed them at one point yes, too, Kate. Like he, did. he kept he up, and then I'm like, each "Oh, this is Black at Panther." Every point. This exactly. is Black Panther, and he's like hand to hand, like doing his thing. Yep. Ultimately, we knew what we're gonna get, and that's why this Black Panther movie can stand yeah. alone. Because you, right when they introduce him, they don't introduce him as some covert agent like they did no. Barton. They introduce him as the next king of wakanda exactly exactly it's only right that you take over and you become what you are and then let's go ahead and make this happen so if they they're going to do the same thing with captain marvel we already know what's going on we already know what she is capable of and what she can do so it's only right now dc should be doing this with like you just said with aquaman and with the flash because that's the squad like that's your flagship when you line up the dc characters that's yeah. exactly yeah, who's that's standing there. Right. Your Trinity is there, and then flanking that is your Green Lanterns, Aquaman, <laughs> John Flashes, Stewart, John Stewart. That, that's what I want. I'm sorry. Get put Cyborg back in Teen Titans where he belongs with Beast exactly. Boy, since they and are running that Stewart. as since they are running that as a television show, and give me freaking John Stewart back. Mm, and that's a right. complete ripoff, be, only because of Iron Man. The success of Iron Man is, is the and, only and reason they're not even functionally the same. I know, no. but it's no. the worst part. No, but visually, yeah, for, it is. For yes, people yeah. that aren't 
Here for I casual fans, yes. Fans, they're going to look at that and go, oh, my God, they got an Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. And it's yeah. not cool. No, it's not cool. Oh, my God. He looks like tinfoil. Right. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not cool at all. The character design is so bad. So, like, I want Justice League. I, I, I wanted a good Justice League movie. But if DC had taken the time for Man of Steel to try and do an introductory series before Justice League, you can still do all the movies that you're going to do in that time frame from Man of Steel to now. You can have your introductory movies, but you waited too damn long. And now you're just trying to throw them all out and hope people care about these characters. And then on top of that, Batman doesn't have his damn cowl on almost the entire trailer. And that's not Batman. No, (laughs) that is not Batman. Batman doesn't found the Justice League. He refuses to be a part of it 99% mm-hmm. of the time. The yep. Flash's lightning is blue. He looks like a Power Ranger, and Cyborg looks like Tin Foil, and it's really annoying because he's actually a pretty funny character. Um, but give me a Green Lantern or a Martian Manhunter over that. Martian okay, Manhunter, sure. absolutely. I have a lot of feelings. Okay, yes. no, no, that's we all do. No, we no, both we do. Get... You just yeah. went on a rant that is epic yes. and amazing. Yes, I hope people are enjoying <laughs> this geek out we're having here. Yes. This is very cool. Can Joss Whedon, can he save this thing? Can he change things no. up? Damn. No. And, and for Suicide Squad, I'm saying right now they need to revamp the roster or at yes, least add – because Lobo's in Suicide Squad. Yeah, mm-hmm. And if you want to steal some ticket, you want to yeah, really push people back and like knock people on their heels and then throw a great counterpunch, you stick him in there. You at least stick him in there and give him his own movie. And that's yeah. your punch to Deadpool. That's your punch to the Wolverines. That's your exactly. that's your swinging for the fences and getting that twelfth round ding on the chin well, and dropping. I tell you what, the you're going to see a shit ton of. You're going to see a shit ton of Leto. You're going to see a shit ton of Harley Quinn. And, and it's going to be see a shit ton of Deadshot. And yes. the other see, characters I, I, are going to be secondary, and they're going to do what? Maybe they'll bring Lobo in, but that's oh, what you're going to see because that's what you got. See, like this is this is the problem though. So like, Dutch, Will Smith was great as Deadshot. I hate Margot Robbie as Harley, just because I hate the I hate the costume design for her, okay. and I hate her. I hate the way they showed her interact with the Joker when they did have him on screen. Like there is an awareness to the volatility of their relationship when Harley is in Suicide Squad, because by the time she hits Suicide Squad, she's already gone through a lot of crap, right. and she understands that. It's not the whole like freaking little emo teenagers going, I want a relationship like Joker and Harley. No, that's not what this is. It's not what it ever has been. It's an abusive relationship. It is. And that's the way it is always shown in the Suicide Squad things. Yeah. All the time. It is an abusive relationship. And, And that is a level that was not reached in the first one. The storytelling was weak as shit in the first one. And other than Will Smith, the acting was terrible. And... You all like they're also trying to throw a counterpunch by going this villain route. And I just don't think you can do that. I think it would have worked on the CW verse with their established Suicide Squad they had on there before they made them kill them all off for this movie. Yeah, hmm. I remember that Suicide yeah. Squad. Yeah, it was well done. It, it was they, well done. they were taking that, those time the ones that they, to they had characters. the chips in the head. They had the chips in the yep. head and they blew them up. Yeah. Yeah. And they, yeah, they were there. It was well done. And they're sure. Amanda Waller. Like I didn't I. I have like a different vision of Amanda Waller, but she wasn't totally bad. No. I think, and it sucks because I, I love Suicide Squad. I don't like a lot of DC, but I love Suicide Squad. What um, was the, what was your complaint was about Margaret Robbie's, the outfit? Outfit. Yeah. Let me do you I just want, hate it. You wanted to gesture one more? No, I just don't want freaking heels. Stop putting women in heels. <laughs> You're really going to kick some ass in heels? 
Beyonce does. It's not practical. Yeah, she does. She does kick Beyonce ass. Does. Yeah, ass, but yeah. Beyonce, Beyonce does not... kick some ass. She know. does linear. She does linear movement, and <laughs> no, she's not kidding. doing flip, and <laughs> yeah, she's not <laughs> like I. Yes. I and, you know, and I can run in heels. Like you can do stuff in heels. I get that, but yeah. for practicality's sake, at least like I hate Wonder Woman's wedges, but at least they're wedges. Like, <laughs> don't give me these like weird ass. Converse looking high but heel thing. Sneaker heels, and Kate. No, they're not sneaker you heels. Can run it's like a five k with them. <laughs> it's a tiny heel. It's, it's a little tiny heel. And that, and just like all the close up shots of her ass and everything. Like y'all might have been there for it. I wasn't. Um, <laughs> I, they showed her I, butt. I had no. Idea. Yeah, yeah, we had no. I, I, we had no idea. Is, I really wasn't there for that. I was. I was <laughs> there for them being the Suicide Squad. But that was exactly. a nice cherry on top. But. Carlos. <laughs> no, no, Kate. I, I actually like the first thirty minutes of Suicide Squad. I've said it on the podcast a thousand times. Love okay. I love the style of it. I love the 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 visuals. I love how they introduce guys. I didn't like the all the characters they picked for the Suicide Squad. A couple of them were very lame. But then, like I said before, the movie just goes to garbage and goes to dog yeah, shit. I, the first I, I thirty minutes, there. if they could have just kept it that style. <sighs> I don't know why they didn't. Yeah, I can agree there. I can definitely agree there. Um, the other thing, too, is we know that Wonder Woman is now active during this entire time. You're telling me she's not going to come out of the sky when there's a giant sky beam? That's what that's what I kept saying. Like, where are the where's Yeah, just, where's where are everyone heroes? at? Yeah, exactly. And that's, and that's the other thing. You have DC, again, trying to show us that they have a universe by showing Batman at the end, but you're not actually having them interact with each other because Batman goes up head to head against the Suicide Squad members all the time. So if you actually want to make this part of a cohesive universe, go into some of those storylines. Like I've had people ask me if if they should watch Suicide Squad and Matt and I give them the exact same answer. Go watch the Arkham Asylum animated movie. That'll give you your fill. That that will give you your fill. And there you go, which yeah, also great. makes me really sad because the animated universe for DC is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It blows anything Marvel has ever done out of the water animation wise. Oh, and yeah. they can't replicate that, which, which, which sucks because they have the content there. They just can't take that step yeah. on the big screen. I wasn't too happy with the killing joke one. It, it was good. Yeah. They uh, dropped the ball, I think. Yeah, I can go. I, I can agree there. Yeah, I can it was it there. was good, but it wasn't at the level of the other ones. I, I didn't think. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and I, then also the comic is just yeah head and shoulders right. above the rest. Yeah, so you put yes. you put it up here on this pedestal already, and you're expecting it to reach it. You right. know, so mm-hmm. they definitely churn out the animated stuff because yeah, you can't do. find anything from Marvel. Like, there's some stuff yeah. that is out there, but you can't find anything. There's like Earth's Mightiest Heroes. There's some anime one-offs that they do as well. Which the anime ones are actually pretty fun to watch. They are pretty. Fun. But so far as like they had like the the they they recently redid their animated universe too. I think it was 2015, 2014, 2015. Um, and it it's really good still. It's so good. The flashpoint that they have there, fantastic. Yeah, right. I've heard, yes, I've yeah. Heard, yeah. Like it's it's just good. And the DCU is complete like trash. And I if you follow me on Twitter, you know that I talk absolute mess about the DCU all the time. And it's because I have such a high standard for it. And it's not meaning that over and over again. Yeah, James Gunn just came out and started bashing people that are hating the DCU, which was interesting to me hmm. on Twitter. Really? He did what like did four or five tweets. I mean, he just talked about it's funny that he was specifically talking about Batman vs. Superman. So it's funny that a movie that's two years old 
is getting so many people upset at each other over how it was done. Either you really loved it or you really hated it, but people are still talking about it and they're still like berating each other about mm-hmm. it. Um, he just yeah. said, like, it's time to move on and let's see the next product. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he was. Maybe he's gunning to get a DC job now. That's, that's what it sounds like <laughs> Very to me. possible. Yeah. Very possible. Yeah. He, he already signed a contract, so he has to, uh, <laughs> yeah. he has to start yeah. fluffing it up. Yeah. yeah. It's very possible. Batman versus Superman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Batman versus Superman is trash. It's so bad. It's I had to watch it in parts. Nah. Like I could not watch it all the way Did through. Did you see it in the theater all the way through or no? No, no, no. no. Well, we saw yeah. it in the theater and we were so excited the night. I remember we were so excited. We went and saw it and we came out. And after the movie, we're like, it wasn't that wasn't too bad. Like it was okay. <laughs> we were, it was just a lot of But we were like we were we, we weren't came out of Guardians. Right. When we and saw Guardian Sue. We, we were like, hell yeah. And then I saw it again. <laughs> yes. And I was like, oh my God, that was really bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Son of a bitch. That was really, really bad. Yeah. It wasn't good. It was disjointed. It was all over the place. And Batman, Batman leaves the only weapon capable of, of killing Superman in the middle of a freaking warehouse where anybody can get yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's sloppy not on Batman. Batman. Yeah, yeah, the, exactly. the best part is we had a extremely steel, sloppy. We, we've had Steel Saunders on here. Who does the Steel Wars show on the making yeah. Star Wars? And he he came on and he said the thing that got him was that Lex Luthor already had logos for the for the Justice League. Like Aquaman <laughs> had his cool ass logo that came up in a hologram. The Flash had a cool logo. Batman Wonder had Woman. a logo. Yeah. So when he looked up the files, all these cool ass logos came out. Like oh, why right. would he do that? <laughs> yeah, he had why a graphic would... designer ready to yeah, go he's for like, the. Yeah, <laughs> designer just he's already branding logos. them. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of flaws. Obviously. We can go yeah. three, four hours. Yes, we, we know oh, we have yeah. actually. Yes. <laughs> Let, let's move on to something yeah. else that's called The Walking Dead. Okay. Now, The Walking Dead. Last episode, we had a whole breakdown of the episode. We thought, oh, it was a great episode. Mm-hmm. And they had, if you watch The Talking Dead, they had everybody who was everybody on The Walking Dead on the show, except for Berthnall. Berthnall, Berth- Berth- yeah. yeah, he wasn't there. He wasn't there. But they had their 100th celebration, and it was at the Greek Theater in, in L.A., which holds about 6,000 people. It's a really cool venue. But Scott Gimple and also Kirkman, Robert Kirkman, talked about how there's going to be a crossover at the end of 2018 with Fear and The Walking Dead. Hmm. They're going to do a major crossover. And Kirkman's like, yeah, it should be at the end of 2018. And then Gimple jumped in and said, well, you'll see it sooner than later. So, uh, yeah, you'll see it sooner or later, sooner or later. And Gipple now is one of the showrunners for Fear. Mm-hmm. He jumped on board to yeah. kind of fix things. Yes, there. please. Yeah. We stopped watching Fear. Less you watched it. You I, still watch it. I watched it all the way. I finished the season. I haven't recorded. I have, like, I need five more episodes, I think, in season two. It got a little bit better. It did. Season two or three already? I think we're in three. No, I think three. Sure it's three. Three, three okay, just wrapped, three. yeah. yeah okay, three so, just finished. So, yeah. season three we're in. Like I said, there were just some... Yeah, it just got really tedious and heavy, mm. and I'm like, uh, I felt like I was walking through quicksand, yeah, which is bad because you're sinking that's not good. and going to die eventually. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Jesus. there were, like I said, when you see Salazar and Strand, and you're like, okay, this brings something to it, but then it goes back to Madison. Yeah, but, but and you're characters like, you don't give yeah. a shit about. The thing is that Walking Dead had mm-hmm. the lowest ratings of a premiere. Of a season premiere? For since... 2011 or 2012? 
Wow. Or something like that. Is yeah. the last five years, this was the worst rated. Still had a shit ton of people watch it. Yeah. But it, it, <laughs> they dropped. In comparison, yeah. In comparison. There's, every year they're going mm-hmm. lower and lower and lower and lower. Well, it, it has been on for a long time. And no matter what, no show can sustain the, the same amount of viewers because it, it, everything loses its luster yeah, eventually. Yeah, even like lost it. Exactly. Yeah, everything yeah. loses its luster. So I, 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 unless it's a massive drop-off, I don't think it really... It's not a massive yeah. drop-off, but I mean, they were down, I think, $3 million. Oh, yeah. See, and then there's a lot of people nowadays with the ability to binge things. Uh-huh. A lot of people prefer that. It's so, me. And that's oh, Kate. See. Yep. I talked to her earlier about The Walking Dead, and she said she loves binging it, and she doesn't watch it episodically. Yeah. So they yeah. have probably lost a lot of people that way. Mm-hmm. So why do you... And you're a fan of The Walking Dead, Kate, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I have a complicated relationship with Walking Dead. I really respect it up until about... In, actually, until they leave the prison, then I think the story gets really, really convoluted. Um, I was watching it episodically into season six and then season seven I tried and I just couldn't do it. And so I waited for all of that to come out on Netflix and I just decided to binge it and binging it was probably better because I felt that they don't tell disjointed stories that well anymore. And that's one of the problems with keeping me in there because I got almost all the way through season seven without actually caring about anybody, which has never happened to me watching The Walking Dead before. That was one of the things that they were super good at. But yeah, loss is a big deal. Somebody died. It's a huge deal. Yeah. And for me, and I think, too, I think they just gave in too much in seasons uh, in season five and six. They gave in too much to the fake outs. It was all like, how can we build hype? How can we, how can we make, like, instead of building up that tension and uncomfortable feeling within the audience through the story, they did it with like, oh, Glenn's dead. No, he's not dead. Oh, wait, he is. Nah, he's not. And that was just extremely annoying because they were relying on these really heavy handed, um, I guess, like, um, like plot devices and not the actual story itself. Um, and that was one of the things that just really got to me. Um, but I am a fan. Um, I, I have a, a first issue of the Walking Dead comic signed by, uh, by Merle. So like that, that makes me super happy. Um, unpopular opinion. I enjoy Fear the Walking Dead a lot. Okay. Um, but I haven't seen season three. I thought season two was really, really well done. And I actually like it because I like how it shows that Mexicans have a different connection to death than other people. Yeah. Um, which is That's something true. that, that I is a really very good thing. I, I do appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. That part I because, do appreciate. Yeah. Because like, I, really like I thought, yeah, I thought season two was awesome. I, I also have not watched season three. So this is coming just from me watching one and two. Okay. Um, so I, my, my, uh, once it's all up on Hulu, I'll watch it all. And then my idea might change. Um, but I really, one, I liked seeing a cast deal with, um, have to be in a setting where culture deals with death a different way. And that's something that I really appreciated because I mean, like yesterday I went to a Dia de los Muertos festival and like, I'm I'm Chicana myself, so I'm Mexican American and we deal with death very differently. (laughs) So it's a different element that I thought helped the story. Great. Yeah. That's, that's a great perspective. I, I, I really like season two. Season one was a little slow. Yeah. Se- season two picked up tremendously. Yes. Yeah. And season three, so far, it's been okay. I just, there's, I don't want to spoil it for people. There's just things that I think they should not have done. Mm-hmm. There are, there's a, yeah, me- yeah for sure. I mean, for sure. Yes, You're going to see this. For game. sure. For sure. Yeah. And then there's well, this other thing. I don't know if you know certain things, but there's things that 
they should have waited for the very end of the entire series. Yes, mm-hmm. to do okay. some of those things. Yeah. Yes. So that's what I was upset okay. about. I'm still upset about it. So, and um, and, and she's right. Oh, see, I don't want to say. What? I don't want to agree with her because it makes spoil <laughs> for you, Kate. But oh, you want? Oh no, no spoil. It's, yeah, you can go ahead. I'm fine with spoilers. I it, understand they that get by away waiting from for me- they leave. They get away from Mexico. That's they, for okay. me, away from Mexico. that's my. That's what I was trying to say. Whenever Strand uh, and Salazar um, are on screen, it's so much better. Great, yeah. And they're get, a great actors, when they get the out mm-hmm. of when they start going back to stateside, you're just like, this is. Some bullshit. Boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you just need the cl- the color and the flavor. That's exactly what that is. That's why the, the L.A. part the color added, and the flavor. I like it. Yeah, that's why the L.A. part really worked at the beginning too. And yeah. season two, like you said, it was in Mexico. Yeah, you just had the different the the whole cultural influence on how they deal with things. It was so. great for us for season two because we. I've been in that area where oh, yeah, they were out. Like I mean, literally at that hotel a million times. Mm-hmm. Like a Do million wanna... times. Then we partied down there <laughs> a lot. So seeing that hotel look like that, it was crazy. Seeing the bar look like that yes. was mm-hmm. crazy. Because we've been in that bar. We've mm-hmm. ate there. We've ate That's at the restaurant. Awesome. So yeah, it's so mm-hmm. cool. So much so as me and, and Boo, we were in Mexico during the filming. And we saw, uh, what's his name? Frank Delane. Frank Delane. Mm-hmm. We saw him, went up to him and talked nice. to him. Yeah, he was very cool. Very That's nice. awesome. He was reading little notes in the dark, and he was, I think he was studying his lines. But very cool. Yeah, that's so, awesome. Season two always had a little place in my heart. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that makes me sad. But I mean, like, it's unfortunately, it's it's like it's it's prime television. They can only throw Mexicans on the on the screen for so long before right. they have to. There's a little alarm. Before they have that's to move right. it. There's a little so. alarm. Yeah. <laughs> time, time is up. That's all you time get. Is that up. is all you get. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we are going to cover this week's episode next week. So we're going to cover two Walking Dead episodes next week because we had so much fun with Kate and it went a little long. So we are going to save our analysis of episode two, season eight, for next week. We'll do episode two and three. So we'll do that next week. But let's talk just a little Star Wars. <laughs> There was a behind-the-scenes footage of The Last Jedi, and it was amazing. Did you see any of this, Boo? No, I haven't seen you any haven't of seen it. No. no. You haven't seen either of us? No. How dare you, Boo? I'm staying away. How dare you? Can't I'm, have you I'm seen seriously this? staying Same. away. No, I'm staying away. You're staying away. That, okay. That trailer for me felt like there was way too much in it, and yeah. I am really tired with the marketing they've been doing behind The Last Jedi, so I am trying to just remove myself so I can okay. save my hype from being eaten by this big marketing machine. Kind of like what I'm doing with Thor right now. Yes. Okay, okay that, that, that's, that's Hype fair. monster is, they're, they're, they abound, and you have to shield, yeah. You yeah. shield yourself from them. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yep. I, so I'm not going to get into all the stuff that was in there, but if you want a great breakdown, go to Rogue One's. Star Wars Podcast for Winners podcast, and they break down scene for scene, just like they did with the the, the preview. Right, me and Johnny, they Haas and Mike and Johnny break down the scene for scene of the actual behind the scene footage, and it's all about Ryan Johnson and his take and how happy he is and how such a fan that he is. So it was really cool. I'll tell you one little thing that was in it. That's the sound of the Boo, you're going to be happy because right. it does look like Chewbacca has a pork in his mouth, dude. It Good. Has, there's a scene. There's <gasps> Good. a scene. Eat the little a scene that There's a feather. No. 
Yes. Sticking out of his mouth. No. Now, who doesn't like porks? Yes. I love porks. Yes. No. I got no problem how with porks. How dare you? How dare you, boo? Chomp, how, chomp, how chomp on some you? porg. Give me some porg chops. That's what I want. Oh. All right? Some porg chops. And you need to just let people love things and let them be cute. Fuck the little bastards. <laughs> I love those little things. Fuck them. I, I, I hope they're the food on uh, on the on the little island that they're on. I, 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 some some pork, some little pork, and some eggs you, for breakfast. I, I wish my I, I wish my pork plushie was next to me right now. I saw your little pork thing in the back over there. It was pretty cool. I do. I do have my little my little por- pork uh, pop. Nope. Chewy ate it. Nope. It's gone. No, there, nope. there's, uh, I, I definitely like. I think they're gonna have a big. They're cute. They're awesome. And it is perfectly fine for there to be cute things in a movie where there is a giant wealth of creatures. Exactly. I just, I just don't want them to be Ewoks. If they're cute and they're there, but they're not essential. Yeah. That's fine. But if if they do something amazing, I'm like, bullshit. They're the fucking size. They're smaller than a Chihuahua. (laughs) Come on. If he has the cute moment where you know they're going in the into, and I think that's into, exactly what it's going to be. I think it's going to be a little comic relief. I yeah, think. yeah, that's fine. But I do think they're going to do something to help. Oh him. fuck! Yeah, but not not into the extent. I don't of, care. I like Ewoks too, so oh, y'all like can Ewoks. at me. No, I'll no, like, no. Ewoks. <laughs> people like, love Ewoks, especially love people that. listen to this podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ewoks are cool. I love Ewoks. I love Porgs. They bring my heart joy, and I have a cold, dead one. So that's that is that is a very moving statement. Um, I love them. Oh, you so. have a cold dead heart. I thought you said cold dead pork. Like, oh no, cold no, dead no, no, no! I have a gold. I have a cold dead heart, oh, and it comes no, from a lot of horror. No, but I love, I love cute things. I love cute things so, so much. And that's um, why they're in the movie. Yeah, that's why they're in the movie. And that's why they're in the movie. That's, I'm, that's I'm going to wait for a fanboy to at me on that because I, I feel like that's something that I, always happens. I think my Chewbacca has a pork next to him on my my pops in his mouth. You mean? <laughs> Not in his mouth. I swear to God, no. I think no. No. It's like on his hand, no, no, no. isn't it? It's on his hand, yeah. And I got the, yeah. I got the fuzzy one that's and he's, felt. And he's getting ready awesome. to eat it. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's really he's cool. he's looking at it. Is this two bites or one bite? No. I don't know yet. That's what he's thinking. I'm hoping Pork. that you get attacked by real porgs at some point in I your life. And like, you just fall. And they just like swarm you. All, all, no, no, what it's going to be. Booth and they're just going to start hitting you. Yes, exactly. No, no, it's going to be like in, uh, was it Jurassic Park, The Lost World, where that asshole oh, gets, gets, uh, gets eaten <laughs> by like the 40 little dinosaurs? That's yes, that's the little coffees. Yes. 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 <laughs> that is, I, that is, that's I, what it is. Because I tasered one little fucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got a lot of pork hate in his heart. Yeah, a lot of pork hate. Yeah. You're hating your heart. Let it out. Yeah. <laughs> they're cute. They're cute. So that's coming about. I mean, we're, we're, Countdown is on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a great time to be alive. It's a great time I think to be alive. Like what? Like forty days? <laughs> yeah, right around there. Like yeah, that, just yeah. a little over forty. I think. I yeah. can't even control myself. <laughs> yeah, this is amazing. Okay, so let's do let's do a couple of voicemails, and then Kate's gonna play the flash round. And Kate doesn't even know what the flash round is because I didn't tell her. <laughs> but we'll get into that in a second. So let's listen to a couple of voicemails. Kate, you want to listen to some voicemails with us? Yep. Yep. Okay. Cool. Now, this is from Richie from Boston. Sent us a voicemail about droids. So let's listen to what he has to say. What's up, Sith Heads? It's your buddy, Richie. I wanted to ask you guys this week a little Star Wars question. Nothing crazy, but just a little... Just something just something that, that I've been thinking about. It's about C-3PO and R2-D2. Now, we got... 
I certainly, we got enough 3PO and R2 in the prequels. I mean, you know, Attack of the Clones, we, we know that infamous scene at the end. Um, the Force Awakens, they were definitely secondary characters. But if you go back to the OT, I mean, to me, essentially, the original Star Wars trilogy is, is just as much a story of C-3PO and R2 than it is anything else. Do you think we'll ever get that back? I'm, I'm kind of interested in, in this. I, you know, and I realize that, you know, we're passing on the Star Wars saga to the next generation with this sequel trilogy, but... Man, it'd be it'd be cool to see C-3PO and R2 together again, and not just, like, for a passing scene here or there, but, like, really in the mix, thick in the plot, somewhere in the sequel trilogy. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? All right, take care. Richie, thank you so much for that voicemail. The Richie from the Richie and Ollie show, by the way. That's, That's right. right. So people listen. Mm-hmm. It's a good show. It's mm-hmm. a good podcast. And watch them on YouTube. Yep. Those handsome guys. <laughs> now, the droid question, I'll take the first stab at it. I don't think we'll ever see them be a focus of a movie going forward. No. no I don't think so, Richie. But I do think we'll see them together. I see the, I think we'll see them together a bunch of times. You know, the original trilogy, George Lucas said that it's from the view of R2-D2, if you look back on it. It's his story. And he knows all the information. But I don't think, I think they're just going to, to put more emphasis on the new droids BB-8 and they'll probably introduce another one. Mm-hmm. Droids are becoming very, very chic in the Star Wars world. If you watch Rebels, there's tons of storylines about droids and their emotional connection and do they have feelings. And so I think that's just a prep for the movies. You'll, mm-hmm. you, and you're also in Rogue One. Yeah. Rogue One. Yeah. That, he was awesome. Mm-hmm. He was and I K- think, K2SO. Yeah. yeah, K2SO was amazing. Yeah, I think actually in a certain point of view, there's a story about a droid in there. Yes. I as think well. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think going forward, you're going to see a lot more droids. You're going to see a lot more interaction with droids, major characters, but you're not going to see, in my opinion, you're not going to see R2 and 3PO as a main focus. Mm-mm. No, but there may be, yeah, it, it won't be, it'll be something in passing. From yeah, they'll It'll be just together. Be a quick little scene. Maybe yeah. R two see you know three people will be like R two open the elevator or something like that. It they're yeah they're going to be diminished. Yeah, even though they're iconic, it's definitely going to be diminished. What do you think, Kate? So I have a differing view. Ooh. So I think that the droids stay with the Skywalkers, and once any lineages are either established. Or the Skywalkers die, they're going to get passed on to somebody else. And the reason we haven't seen them in the sequel trilogy yet is because we haven't seen a story centered around Skywalker, uh, around the Skywalkers. And obviously, they're, I believe they're with Leia. I, I, it's been a while since I've watched Force, Force Awakens, but we get like a little view of like the Red Arm and stuff like that. Yeah. They're stationed there with her. Right. And I think there is going to be a handing off of the droids oh. because I think Richie is right that they are very pivotal Star Wars. Like they are a very, they're important to the Star Wars universe. Yeah. But that being said, we lost Daddy Han and we're, you know, unfortunately we are going to have to lose Leia. We may end up losing them too, or they're going to get passed on. So I think there's a way to not get them, but I also think there's a way to say, hey, this is an important part of the, of the Skywalker family. 
Hmm. Uh, that would be cool. That's a good mm-hmm. take. That's kind of how I. That's very cool. Boo, what do you what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I, uh, although that they are very important and they are special characters as in and you know one one can't speak and you know he can make noise but he has a a awesome personality the other one can speak and uh speaks too much yeah he talks too <laughs> much yeah and how they interact with each other is great on screen but it's not it is important it's like having pets in movies that that's the way that i see them they're the they're the cute the helpful kind of thing where it's like oh like that that's great but they're not a hundred percent well, they are needed well, for yeah, the movie. In the original trilogy, they were. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. Yeah they, yeah, they are. They are needed for the movie, but they're not. Uh, other characters are more important, and I think that's very evident. And I think that should be made even more. Uh, I think that should be pushed even more now. I think they. I think they're gonna maybe not go away from them, but start utilizing you them think less. Opposite of me, I, I think they're gonna go more towards. Them. I don't think you so. Don't I, think so? I, I, I think. I think they're gonna use more characters. Uh, Actor wise, okay. people wise, yeah, yeah. and then, then you don't them. think every new movie coming out is going to have that that typical integral droid? To no, the film no, okay, no, all right, all right, yeah, Richie. So I, I, you know, we have all kinds of takes on this, but I, I don't see a problem with them. I mean, I, do I want to see them a major focus again in another trilogy? Well, maybe only because what Kate said, if they are going to be passed on and they have some kind of importance. That they need to do something that would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see that. It's a good. That's a good idea, Kate. And they're a. Uh, but we need Skywalkers, Kate. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. We'll see what happens. It would have to. It would have to prove that theory. Yeah. Prove <laughs> that theory. All right. Our next one. We have a voicemail from His Majesty himself, King of All Toms, King, King Tom. Tom. And uh, let's see what King Tom has to say. Hey, Sith heads, King Tom here. How are you doing? Like you guys, looking forward to Thor Ragnarok. I'm not. Huge Thor fan, but part of the MCU, it looks damned entertaining. So I'm amped up for it. One thing I've noticed um, on Twitter a few days ago, someone said, don't follow the Thor Ragnarok hashtag because someone's putting spoilers out on it. And like last week, some Australian TV presenter was interviewing one of the cast and kind of let loose a bunch of spoilers, which it makes me wonder. A lot of these spoilers are coming out from critical pre-release screenings so the critics can write their reviews they have the screenings and the reviews are embargoed till you know a week or so whatever before the movie there are a lot you know there, there's a whole subsection of film now you know fandom movies we have like comic book movies star wars movies sci-fi fantasy movies and they all have their own little fan bases there's already a buzz for them and a lot of times we're going to go see these movies wet regardless of what a critic says about it. Um, And there is the perception that spoilers ruin these movies. Do you think the industry, the film studios, you know, Star Wars, I'm pretty 99% sure Star Wars says, you know, they don't do pre-release screens. The reviews come out when they come out. The critics see them at the same time as the rest of us. But do you think they should take that stance or, uh, you know, kind of broaden that requirement, you know, we're not going to, we're going to put these movies out, but there are not going to be any pre-release screenings. Or if there are, you can't publish the review until everyone else sees it. So that way, you know, the first weekend the movie is out, it's, you know, advertising, word of mouth, a built-in fan base. And then after that, the critical reviews come out. What do you guys think about that? Is that too, um, you know, radical an idea or, or is that, is that, does that make sense? Would that make things better for those of us who are sensitive reviews? Two reviews, I should say. 
I'm interested in what you guys have to say. Anyway, thanks for listening, and uh, you guys are awesome. Thanks for a great podcast. I'll talk to you guys later. King Tom, that's why you are royalty. Mm -hmm. You come up with these amazing questions. Yes. And it's a great question. And Kate, I'm going to let you go first. You're the guest. Oh, gosh. Do you want, you want me to go first? Oh, I can go first. Oh, go I mean, I, 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 oh, yeah, I, ha like, I have my own podcast. I like talking. <laughs> um, it's whether or not what I say is going to be good. Oh, it's um, good. But like, I actually take a lot of crap on my show for this. Um, if it's not Star Wars, I don't really care about spoilers. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that we live in a world where it's immediate information on Twitter and on uh, Facebook and like with live tweeting specifically, I think there's an understanding that there, the possibility for spoilers is there. But I think what, what I do like is if you hold back on actually, I mean, I guess like game of Thrones, for example, game of Thrones, you know, Sunday nights, either you mute all the hashtags or you stay off Twitter for that like one to two hours because people are going to be live tweeting that. When it comes to a movie, you expect everybody to be in the same like darkness as you until that movie comes out. So like I'm totally geared up and ready for spoilers after I see the movie or at least after opening day because I know people have seen it. Um, so I think there should be an embargo on stuff until that happens but at the same time if it's a good movie nothing's gonna spoil that reveal yeah like no, that that's that. just kind of how i feel okay okay well i'm gonna go because i need to get it out before I. yeah you better get it out yeah don't worry. <laughs> so i 100 percent agree with king tom because i just when, when he said that and when you were talking i was just kept thinking about what if i was in the theater when empire strikes back came out Ooh. okay what if i was told about the ending of Empire, mm -hmm. that Vader is is Anakin. I can't imagine the feeling that everybody got in that theater that day. Mm -hmm. They went to go see it when that tell was revealed. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I have no problems with them not doing screeners all the way up to just like Star Wars. Lucasfilm does it on the day of the premiere. Day of the premiere, yeah. they give it to – yeah, they let the uh, critics see it and they get to review it right then and there. Um, and I don't think they're allowed to do a full review until a week later after the premiere, mm. so I, I believe. And I think big films like Ragnarok or any of these fanboy, this, this geekdom, I don't think they should be allowed to give screeners out. Uh, only yeah. because of that. Because, only because there's other people that live and die by these things. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it's not, it's not going to ruin the film. If it's a good film, it's a good film. Um, yeah. But it's going to ruin your feelings when you're in the theater and it's going to ruin yeah. your, your excitement. You know what I mean? I knew, true. I knew when Han was killed. I, mm -hmm. I, I, and I tortured myself because I went on making star Wars. They do such an amazing job with their goddamn spoilers that I couldn't control myself as a fan. Right. So I went and, and I found that out. So when that happened, it didn't affect me as much as it hurt. I hated seeing him do that and mm -hmm. I hated seeing him die, but it didn't affect me as much as it would have if I didn't. That is, yeah, that is, that is really true. So if I, if I rephrase my st statement, cause that is really that that, like, podcast. no, like I think the story will remain like the reveal will still be as impactful story wise. If you see it happen, like, yes. But you, you are right, like fan wise. And I think specifically, because like I said, like I have a really hard time with Star Wars spoilers. My our friend is in the UK, so he saw Rogue One before us and we each had tickets to see it that opening day. Oh, oh, okay. But he put, oh, my God, I can't believe that guy was dead. And he told us about Tarkin. 
and oh. I lost my shit. Like right. I was pissed. Oh yeah, I would have been pissed too. <laughs> and I guess like, and I think if I go back even further, like for me, my my spoiler moment was reading Harry Potter. Like I went to the the Barnes and Nobles um, midnight releases midnight for release. the books. Yeah. And if I had been told that Snape killed Dumbledore, I would have just cried because that is something that when you read it, it is really like that. You have a visceral reaction to what's happening. Yeah. And so I think like it, I don't think a spoiler will ruin the story. I think it will ruin that type of uh, interaction with the material, like you said. Yeah, so. I, I, 100% I, refra- I restate what I said. No, no, you restated it well. Boo, what, what do you got on this? Yeah, yeah, I think it, I think it would help because I think a lot of people, especially nowadays, maybe put too much weight or importance on reviews that you know it can make or break a movie for them. When you know a review from one person might be critical and then another one it might be great, mm-hmm. but the person says, "Well, if it's got a bad review, I'm not going to go see it." So I think that would help people explore more movies and and be more uh what is it i guess adventurous in yeah. their movie going right you know yeah. uh so I, I think that would help especially if it's the day of or the day after right the, the the one issue with that is is like uh what is it video game reviews ran into this where they would be given the game like maybe a three days two days prior to when the actual game is released okay. so they would not be able to finish it but they would put a review out, oh, okay. which was, you know, you yeah. know, you didn't finish it. You're like, wait a minute, this is bullshit. Yeah, how can I, you do a complete review? Exactly. When right. it took, you know, unless you are going insanely hard, you know, if the game took me a week, it's, there's no way you can do it yeah. in you know, 24 years, hours. Yeah. So they might be rushing reviews just to be the first. You know, I was first. I reviewed it oh, first. I see what you're saying. That's one issue that I could see having it be right. the day before, the day of, or yeah. whatever. But I think it would be more beneficial to the movie going population if if the reviews came out um, later what do you think about the embargo just specifically for spoilers though so spoilers don't get out these the screeners are sent out and people obviously see them or like on twitter mm-hmm. just one little thing yeah. yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah yeah that, yeah that could that could help that could help, yeah, because those embargos are extremely probably you, you could be blacklisted in Hollywood if you fuck up. Once. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, they do that. If oh, you yeah. fuck up the embargo and you're a critic and you write reviews, game. Yeah, over. yeah you're done. You'll yeah, never you be invited again. Find a new job. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. That. that could but you're help. right about the the critics' review and what it means. We Snowman looks so amazing. Mm-hmm. From the previews, to me, I was like, wow, this looks freaky. This yeah. looks really good. You wanted to go see it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then I, I saw the Rotten Tomatoes gave it an 8% on average. An 8? Mm-hmm. That's like horrific. It is. So I, I didn't even make the effort to look at times or even yeah. want to see it. And I was really excited yeah. about that. No, you got a good point. Well, what do you think about this? Less. I, I agree uh, basically with all of you. <laughs> so, but I take the approach that I'm broke, so my Twitter and my data is so limited that I don't have to get spoiled. My hashtags are automatically muted by my wallet. So that's how it goes around here. That's awesome. You can't get spoiled if you don't have unlimited data. There you go. <laughs> but I'm just playing with you guys. But uh, yeah, you, you got to make sure... Like I said, I'm just trying to stay away from certain things. So we brought up Star Wars earlier. I'm not looking at anything. And yeah. Star Wars is one of those things where if there is anything to leak out, it gets leaked out. Yeah. And like the floodgates are open. There's so many holes in the dam that just stuff comes out. So yeah, you got to put your phone on silent if you have to. And yeah. 
I really did. I mean, we we grew up in a time where we didn't have a Raj and I. We grew up where we didn't have the social media to put anything out there. No. So you had to wait, or you had to just take a chance. And right. you can you can God wait. Forbid. Yeah, you can wait for <laughs> Siskel and Ebert to come out that Sat. Yeah. You know that Sunday. Yeah, that was our Twitter, and that was our Twitter. <laughs> and they would review movies, but that's because and they had it like a week before. They had like some time and that whole thing. And you know what? For me, sometimes uh, getting material or I'm not one to get spoiled. Yeah, it increases my ant- anticipation for the right. most part. But yeah. I understand how people don't want anything or don't want to have anything yeah. leaked to them. So you have to respect everything or respect everyone. Yeah. Truthfully, yeah, they should wait until the premiere or at least not mm-hmm. send out the pre-screeners and then maybe delay it a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's, I mean, we have two, I mean, we're all fans of Star Wars, like Matt, me, um, Matt, myself, Adrian, um, but why the, we all love Star Wars, but um, I would say Adrian and, and me are like definitely in the stand category when it comes to it. Um, and Adrian probably a little bit more than me. And he's the reason our Twitter hasn't put out any like retweets or quote tweets or anything from any of the last Jedi news is because he is trying really hard to go in a hundred percent clean, That's cool. um, which has been a really, really like uphill battle for him. Oh, it's tough. Um, and cause it's everywhere. It, it is everywhere. And if there's something that like, you're right. The floodgates will open if there's a spoiler to, to you know to put out for Star Wars. Star Wars Twitter will 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 do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, no, absolutely. There's an industry just for that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Say the one thing though that I think, and I, I would want to know from anybody listening, is just like why if you're listening, and you put a lot of stake in reviews. Why do you put that much stake in reviews? Like we have we have at least something here, and and it's it's one of those things where. One of our sayings on our podcast is if the three of us agree, it means it's a fact because the three of us never agree on anything. (laughs) (laughs) And one of of those things is that we tend to privilege fan scores over critic scores when it comes to movies. Because, like, if you – we watched basketball this morning for some reason. (laughs) Um, It is five five out of five stars for user reviews. It's right. a six on IMDb. Yeah. Six at six out of ten. And I think that like when it comes to reviews, I think there has to be enough for you to say, Hey, I'm just gonna watch this because Hollywood kind of sucks when it chooses great movies. Because I can tell you right now, Logan's probably not gonna win a win an Oscar. It should. It should. It should. Yeah, you're it right. Really should. It should be nominated. At, at mm-hmm. Yeah, at the very Absolutely. least it needs to get Best Picture and Best Director, because that, yes. that it is it is a great film, not just mm-hmm. comic book review, but a film. Right, exactly. But chances are, it won't get, it won't, it won't get, it just won't work. No, you know, I, I've read bad critic reviews of Logan. Like, they just want different things. And I mm-hmm. think when it comes to something that has such a large fandom, I think that you should put more stake into what the fans are saying. Yeah, um, that's true. And Rotten Tomato does that, by the way. It does the critics review. Yeah, the yeah, score, which is cool. Yeah. Cool. Which is usually what we go by. So we'll usually on our when it, when we review things, um, we'll say, okay, this is what it has for critics, but this is what it has for fans. I wonder Especially- what Snowman does. As, uh, I wonder if it's from eight percent and what the difference is between the reviews and the the. Yeah. Fans. I also think too, like just know that not every movie is going to be a freaking Oscar winner. Like just be okay with watching a bad movie every now and then. That's right. We saw Storm in the theater. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now that's true. And not, and not everything's going to be the best movie of the year. 
Yeah. yeah. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. Boo's absolutely shaking his head on that one. Yeah, I'm right. <laughs> as long as you're entertained, get some popcorn and some soda and sit down and, you know, go away for two hours. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's all you go into the movies for. True. Yeah. All right, King Tom. Appreciate it, man. Mm-hmm. Good Great question. question. We just went off on that. That's great. <laughs> all right. Now it's time. We're almost done, but it's time for Kate to play the flash round. All right. So, Kate, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you – what she said? She's scared. She's scared. No, don't be scared. You should be. So, so should what be. we're going to do is uh, give you some choices. Like, for instance, I'm going to say peanut butter jelly sandwich – or uh, BLT. Mm-hmm. And you're just going to – your fastest response, you're going to give me the quickest response that comes to you. Or there's a Porg and an Ewok hanging off Porg, the ledge. Porg or Ewok. <laughs> no, Which one Porg, do you push no they're hanging off a ledge. Which one do you save? Oh, there is a good one. We should save that. <laughs> so that's what – just really quick responses being – so get your first initial response. You ready? I'll try. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so Kate is going to play the flash round. Here we go. It's time for the flash round. This is where we try to figure out what's in that big old noggin of yours. You ready? Good luck. Favorite superhero? Oh, Quick. shit. Quick. Quick. Rogue. First one, Rogue. Rogue. Uh, Batman or Superman? Batman. Beyonce or Rihanna? Beyonce. Nice. <laughs> no, I liked you for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Jackson or Prince? Prince. Favorite video game ever? We already got that one. Yeah, yeah Lara Croft. Favorite musician? Quickly. Queen. Nice. Nice. George Clooney or Brad Pitt? George Clooney. Luke or Han? Han. Nice. Mike Myers or Freddy Krueger? Freddy Krueger. Star Trek or Star Wars? Star Wars. Dogs or cats? Dogs. You're awesome. <laughs> you just played the flash round. Yes, you did. Yay! And you killed it. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, you had quick responses. Yeah. You did very, very well. That's it's awesome. hard for me. I'm the person that says I have a three-way tie. I, I know. I know. I was worried about this <laughs> with you, but you did great. Good job. I, I was the, tempted uh, to. I, I was tempted to say Selena for your Beyonce Ariana thing. I just didn't. I just started listening to your Selena <laughs> episode. By, by the way. It's really good. Awesome. Yeah. Kate, where can people find you, and where could they find your wonderful podcast? Yeah. So you can find us at But Why Though PC on Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash But Why Though PC. Um, we, we really like doing fan But Why Though. So if you listen to an episode and it really, and you have a reason why it matters to you, send it to us, info at, at But Why Though Podcast.com and we'll throw it up on our website. Um, we want to hear why things matter to you guys, not just us. And then you can find me at Oh My Myth Randier on Instagram and Twitter and twitch.tv slash Oh My Myth because I will eventually start streaming again um, probably soon. Awesome. And thank you so much for coming on. We had an absolute blast. Yes, yes. Thanks for having awesome me. It was oh, really, really fun. It was so cool. We got to have you back soon. Yes. I know. I was like, I can't wait to invite myself again. Oh, oh yeah. Anytime. yeah. Invite yourself whenever you want. We'd love to have you. And same thing goes for you guys. We put up our show schedules a month in advance. So we put out like our five topics before we actually do them. And if you all, I will, uh, we always try to put them on Twitter and we ask for any podcaster. If you want to come on one of our episodes, let us know. Oh, yeah. We, we love, love having That's guests cool. and it is, it is super fun. Awesome. That would be, that would be a That'd great be time. Ass. Very cool. We can do a, but why though? Beyonce. <laughs> I'm I'm pushing for that one. Oh, I'm pushing for that one. Right. I well, I think we need try, to all vote have... to help get it over the top. Because yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like we we haven't done music that much, and we we I did a Selena with uh, with the women from It's About Damn mm-hmm. Crime, and that was my our Selena episode, which we we need, we want to diversify. So we, we love music here, so it'll be amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Cool. cool. All right, guys. Well. 
Guys, definitely check out But Why Though. Like I said, it's a fantastic podcast. Get into it. It's it's awesome. I can't say awesome many more times, I don't think. <laughs> but we will thank you for listening to this one. And we will see you on episode number 65 yep. of The Sith List. by the wind.